Jeez, can't, I can't believe how much better my headphones sound or feel, I should say now. Feel? Last, to- last time, yeah, last time I had, what, three months of hair on my head? <laughs> oh, you've been able to get a haircut? Got a haircut. <laughs> uh, we're, we're still not, uh, our Essex County is, uh, is not in the stage two uh, oh. uh, process yet. We're still at like 1.8 or something. We're close, but, and I can't even find a backdoor uh barbershop or anyone to get this mop off my head so <laughs> black market <laughs> and i i heard from my ex-sister-in-law that they're not going to reopen the fantastic sam's in the mall where she works oh. they uh, have decided that that's not a good business anyway so they're going to close that uh that location nice a lot of that going around <laughs> Welcome to the Model Car Podcast. My name's Justin, and today I'm joined by John, my co-host. How are you, John? I'm doing fine. And Pat, our other co-host. How are you doing, Pat? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Great. Uh, So thank you for joining us. Um, We'll get right into our follow-up. I'll start off with uh, my complaint again. I'm still watching the mailbox. No mail from Ravel. John, how long ago is it that you got your mail? Your replacement body from Ravel? Jeez. Three, four weeks anyway? Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. Terrible. That's <laughs> that's really bad. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if this is a Ravel Germany problem or if this is a um, Canada Post slash uh, German Post, whatever it's called, Deutsche Post uh, problem. Because I'm waiting for a couple of other packages, um, so I was gonna I was gonna ask if anybody besides John, who got very very lucky with a quick response, has had any uh, experience with Ravel Germany shipping. Is it quick? Is it not? Is it uh, Canada? I don't know. Uh, Pat, uh, I saw that you're uh, having some Canada Post challenges as well. I I still am, although internal Canada seems to be okay because I just got a package literally before we started recording from uh, our friend Chris Martin. Excellent. Um, Yeah, and that got mailed earlier this week. So, uh, or maybe it was last, you know, maybe Monday or even on the weekend. So it only took a Yeah, it only took a week. Did you get yours or were you expecting a package from... uh, from Chris? Yeah, I got the same thing as you did. Okay, I, I didn't even didn't even open it because I wanted to finish my sandwich and then get. Uh, so it seems like internal stuff, but well, don't say that too loud. Oh yeah, sorry, don't want to jinx it. Um, no, because there's another parcel inbound from Chris for me, and it got lost in a New Brunswick city for over a week. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're getting all the parcels. I'm getting lucky. <laughs> Well, like I said, I got mine literally, and Sunday, we're recording this on a Sunday, so I guess Canada Post is still working, as they say, Christmas busy, but that excuse is kind of, it's getting a little... Uh, it's wearing thin, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now, with my other packages, they're coming from the U.S., so I'm expecting some kind of thing, And um, but they, yeah, they're they're taking, I, again, they, they say they're Christmas busy, so... Uh, but domestic seemed okay for me for this one. 
Mm-hmm. Germany, I've never had to deal with Ravel Germany, so uh, um, I'm not uh, have I'm, I have nothing to say about that. If any of our listeners uh, have anything to say, please let me know because uh, I'm not sure if I should start hounding them yet. I'm not also sure what my response from them would be. Should I follow up and send them <laughs> a uh, a message of uh, I have not received this yet? But uh, I am kind of curious. Uh, other news, uh, local show. Um, I thought I'd mention this because I'm assuming that a lot of shows are dealing with something similar at the moment. They, I got an email from them. Their newsletter came out. Uh, they had a March show traditionally every year. Uh, they had canceled it in March, obviously, with everything the world went a little crazy, as we may have talked about once or twice. And they had rebooked that for September. So I was kind of excited. Swap meet. Uh, who's, who's not excited and or ready for a swap meet at this point? Uh, mostly to bring home kits that uh, I won't build for another 30 years. But I, I was looking forward to it. And uh, they've looked at uh, the reopening and uh, the challenges in there. Uh, you know, they're expecting 100-plus people, and that uh, still, uh, in in our area, we're not sure what that's going to look like. So uh, they canceled the show as well and uh, are, are kind of looking down the line to 2021. So hopefully there'll be some better news. Uh, I'm not sure if everything just got canceled or something's got postponed. And uh, have you heard about any of these, the bigger shows, what they're doing? Are they Are they planning anything for later or... You know, I see on the news a lot of things are starting to open up. Yeah, and there's that becomes a question, too. Just because they're opening up, does that mean you want to go? Uh, you know, uh, NNL East, I, last I heard, they're still on, but I know there's a show in Gatineau, Quebec, otherwise known as Hull, Quebec, which is right across the river from Ottawa in August, and they just canceled their show in the past few days. Mm-hmm. I Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah. Um, my... Um the next show that I would normally go to is Toronto at the end of September. I haven't heard anything yet, but uh, Toronto isn't, they're still not even close to large gatherings and, uh, you know, inside of a school gymnasium and, uh, or two gymnasiums. So I don't even know what's going to happen with the Toronto show in September. I don't, end of September. I don't know. I don't have any inside information or anything, but like John said, do you want to go? Uh, my traveling partner uh, suggested that he probably wasn't going to go to Toronto anyway, even if they do decide to do it. And it's just it's um, it's a health uh, risk for those of us that are um, that are moderate to high risk. Uh, that mm-hmm. could still be an issue that, uh, you know, I, I can forgo my hobby uh, a little bit to keep myself uh, uh, on the good side of the lawn, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> on top of the green stuff instead of under yeah. the green stuff well, yeah. that's, that's, that's it I, I know someone <laughs> can help you put you uh, under the green stuff if you yeah, if you need it right John? I can, yeah I can do something for you on that Pat we know a sexton <laughs> we have a sexton in the crew and um I'm, I'm going to have to Google what that is because it sounds like something that I'm going to have to believe a sexton is a person who is responsible for typically a church and or cemetery property in my case it's cemetery so all right, you forget that I live in uh, Hippieville. Uh, yes, I forget that you live in Hippieville, but... You know, something like that could mean something completely different. I, I played this the 20-question game with with uh, the U.S. Customs before, so what's, what do you do for a job? Well, I'm a sexton. 
Uh, saying, okay, I gotta explain. (laughs) I have to know. (laughs) Can't you just just say I cut the lawn at a cemetery and that would be good enough for them? No, Uh, I tried that once. They wanted to know which cemetery. Uh, It's like, ah, but I was at that time, I wasn't supposed to tell who I was cutting it for. I, you know, I don't know why the rule that was the rule, but that was the rule, and I wasn't supposed to say who and. Mm-hmm. You know how that goes. Well, basically, came a pissing contest. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Well, that's always a uh, always something crossing the border into the U.S. They yeah. you, they they make it interesting. The border services, uh, ladies and gentlemen, keep it interesting for us. They uh, test us regularly. <laughs> I I don't mind answer, answering the questions, but oh, you know, no. you have to, you ask me something else. I'd be happy to tell you. Ask me who exactly I was doing that for. And, no. Yeah, yeah. I know that. Um, and, and to even to get back a little bit to our next closest show here would be uh, Motor City NNL, and that's mid-November. I that seems to be that that's probably going to happen. There's been no uh, again. Michigan is um, they're still pretty tight. They're kind of closed up a little bit, and our border, Detroit Windsor border, is still closed through the end of July. Last I've heard. Um, they're allowing people on um, for urgent family matters and things to go, but for casual crossing, uh, not till the end of July. So I don't. Uh, are you sure about that? Even <laughs> that's well. That's <laughs> I'm not la- so certain about that. But <laughs> that's the last I heard from our premier. Um, is that things are not uh, Essex County, where Windsor is located. We're not in stage two yet, and stage two kind of opens up things a little more but last i heard our border was still through end of july yeah. uh the, the tunnel or bridge crossing um you know so we're we're finishing off you know a good chunk of the summer without being able to cross the border and uh, michigan is not in great numbers either with their with their covid response they seem to be uh roller coastering a little bit and uh so i don't know i again i don't need to uh i don't need to cross the border i'd love to but um, I don't need to. It's not that urgent. So I don't know what's happening with shows. I uh, I know that the um, mid-August, uh, they do the Woodward uh, Dream Cruise. And the last I heard about a public car cruise is it's on hold. Uh, they said there definitely will not be any food or souvenir vending if they do happen to have the cruise. They're just trying to find a way to get people to sit in smaller groups and certainly less contact. I mean, if you're watching cars cruise up and down a road, that's one thing. So uh, I think they're just looking at large gatherings of people again. And this is, again, they're looking at mid to later August, um, usually mid-August. So they're even on hold for that, which is, you know, a huge, um, they've put as many as a million people in for the weekend uh, to look at, classic cars and stuff uh, cruise up and down the road. So if you're taking away the vendors and the food, uh, you know, the food offerings and the special locations, um, you know, things are, and they can't delay Woodward Cruise. They'll just say, well, come back 2021. Um, so that's what's kind of happening around here is things are less, less often getting delayed or postponed and they're more often getting canceled. And we'll see you next year. Now that we're halfway through the year or pretty close to it. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> John, let's move on. How did you like the latest email from Auto World? Oh, jinkies. <laughs> I, I know it was uh, good because uh, you slacked me even before I'd seen it. Yeah. I just figured you hadn't got to it yet, but I guess maybe I got it before you. And oh, God, please. I mean, realistically, guys, you know that most of your kits are being bought by adults. Do we really need all that? No. Yeah. So. I think there was, what, uh, seven or eight gifts before we actually Something got... Something like that. And yeah. even then, okay, I admit, the Supernatural Impala is in there. Cool, but I have to stumble all, you know, work my way through all those gifts. Oh, man. <laughs> Did we have to, guys? I mean, really. I mean, I can understand if you're advertising to 12-year-olds, but that's not where your target audience is anymore. Yeah, but it's the owner's 12-year-old that's running their mailing list. Well... I suppose it's possible, or it could be the twelve-year-old grandson. I don't know, but geez, guys, <clears throat> please! Uh, you got some interesting mail this week. What did you get? Ah, uh, yeah. In the last two weeks, a lot of a lot of goodies have come in. I had a kit form services order that I got in. I've had. Uh, I know that yeah, I'm looking at. There's only two notes. Seems like there was three, but there. I don't know what the third is now. Anyway, there's a kit form services order and some, three D printed mat tracks. Interesting. Those 3D int- uh, tracks uh, looked interesting. Yes, they are very interesting. And so, so for those of us that don't know what a mat track is, because until you ma- uh, mocked it up on a on a uh, model, I had no idea what they you were. Had no for. idea. <laughs> uh, so, so what is a mat track? Basically, it's a set of tank tracks or bulldozer tracks for a pickup or an SUV. It would be useless on a car because you need to have four wheel drive for for it to work. So, I guess in theory, my Subaru would work, but. Uh, might look awful funny. <laughs> so is is this a replication of what you want to do for your winter? No, I'm I have no complaints. I don't even think that I, in fact I know they're not street legal. Ah, okay. So no, can't do that. There's no fenders, there's no this, there's no that. No. <laughs> and Quebec is very restrictive about any and all modifications to cars, so <laughs> no. Just something I, I had an idea for. Well, I had an idea. I had I saw a set on Shapeways years ago, and they were rather expensive, but I said, well, it would be perfect for this idea. And I got to the point where, you know, am I, am I, am I not, am I, am I not, and the ams won, and go to order it, and it was gone. I was like, oh, crap. And come to find out, the guy stopped offering it because he said, you know, he wasn't getting anybody buying them at that price, and I said, well, I can understand that. So this guy comes along on Instagram, and he had them, and he was doing them for a price. It's like, what? Uh, yes, yes, please. <laughs> so I couldn't resist. <laughs> so we're back to the original idea. Is back on. I was, yeah, so, yeah. What's the quality like? Very, very nice. I have no complaints at all over it. It's good, beautiful. I mean, I haven't put paint to them yet, basically because they're still, they still stink. <laughs> First time I've had 3D printed items stink, but they still stink. So we'll just let them air out for a while and mm-hmm. see what happens. Uh, question for you. Yeah. How's your how's your new uh, Mustang GT4? <whistles> no comment? Shall we let the crickets talk? Oh, hmm. are, are you are you getting one? Yes, that's the parcel that was being held hostage in New Brunswick City. 
Ah, oh, okay. Oh, so okay, you ditched so. your regular supplier and Well, uh, I haven't I haven't ditched him yet, but he's about <laughs> very very close to being ditched. <laughs> okay. All right. So, mm. uh, we still have supply problems in Canada. Yes. At least when it comes to those, everything else, I mean, he's already got the uh, the the new Supernatural Impala that can be ordered, and I'm like, "Yeah, but what do I want to order that when I can't get my Mustangs yet?" Uh, so either of you ordering the Impala, by the way? Yeah, yes, I am. I'll be ordering it from somebody else, one of our one of our members on Facebook, so. Oh, I didn't. Oh, uh, yes, you on do. Facebook. Oh, okay. Yes, on, on Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> I thought face. Okay, I don't know who belongs there. I, I hello everybody that belongs there, but um, yes, I'm not as uh, quite active as uh, others on that one. That's all right. All right, uh, Pat. What's new with you? What's new? Or well, follow up, I guess. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I I have a follow up from, uh, well, at least from John and mine, uh, our friend. Uh, Ken Nesbitt, uh, he's doing a little follow-up from uh, episode number 41, our navel-gazing, where when we were talking about um, belly button cars, and he wanted to put in his uh, his little bit about belly button cars, and um, he kind of agrees with us at one point or another, is that, that, that models can be broken down into a five-year block, and we're going to go back to the AMT, the 66 Nova. And he said that was about 1987 or 88. And then I think, I'm not sure if we got this one or not, but the AMT 62 Bel Air. I'm uh, not sure if that was mentioned. No, I don't it, think so. I have yeah, one, but. <laughs> yeah, that that was the next one, apparently. Then the Ravel 32 Fords. Did we miss those too? Uh, yes, uh, I, I don't think we talked about those. I think we kind of... Well, you, t- you talked about the Rat Roaster, but... The Rat Roaster, yeah, yeah but... It's the same basic kit. It's just a little, yeah. little different, that's all. Yeah, uh, you know, there was the uh, the coupe, the um, the um, sedan, the four-door... Or, no, sorry, the two-door sedan body. Uh, so they made, certainly, uh, that was well... That uh, People wanted that. They, they certainly wanted that... Uh, and then we got to, as I discussed, the Ravel 40 Ford Standards, uh, the 2005 Mustang GT. I think a lot of us were salivating over that, like, ooh, the new Mustang, new Mustang. The new retro uh, Mustang at that. Yeah, when it yeah. was um, uh, the silver gray one on the box uh, when it first came. Um, the Mobius Hudson, I believe we discussed, and the 69 to 72 trucks. Uh, from um, uh, the Ford trucks from Mobius. Again, that could be selective for some people. And now the Tamiya GT4. So it's, um, uh, well, now it's this and the Supernatural Impala. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think we missed a couple in there. The uh, the the Bel Air that uh, Ken and mentions and the Ravel series of 32 uh, Fords. Um, and I guess in his club, there's a lot of interest in the Supernatural Impala. There's 14 cars on order so far just for his club members. Um, but he really likes that Mustang GT too. And even Ken suggests that he, he feels bad. And if only John could get uh, his order that... Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's coming. All would be good in the world. Um, so, and we talked a little bit about real belly button cars. And he just had a small thing to talk about. I went... Uh, 
when we were living closer, uh, he was uh, had moved. While he was still in town, I changed from a Nissan Altima or a Maxima to an Altima, and that Altima, it was uh, it was called Champagne Bronze, I think, or Champagne Gold. But it was it was a taupe kind of a metallic taupe color. Apparently, he saw those everywhere in Ottawa. Uh, every civil servant in Ottawa. So it was that was a belly button car for the location. But they must have just gotten a deal on those. So, but he, he always thought it was me coming up his driveway uh, up up towards his condo uh, every time he saw a, a taupe Altima. So there seemed to be a lot of those certainly in Ottawa. Um, so yeah. That's uh, that was his feedback on the uh, uh, on the progression of those kits that we really really gotta have or that we were all salivating for. Um, other than that, um, he did tune me up on a couple of uh, uh, the road road trip story. He uh, Ken did join us um, as uh, on, the, on Patreon, so he got to listen to uh, the road trip. Uh, part of the podcast that uh, we share amongst us uh, Patreons. And yeah, he did tune me up on a couple of things. And one item that I had forgotten, the road trip to um, NNL East uh, with the armed guards at the the booths is that we had, and I, I had totally forgotten this part, is that it wasn't the people that were at the booths. It was actually, it was armed guards, just past the booths, but the woman at the booth that was questioning us, I don't, if anyone remembers the movie Night Court, um, Selma from Night Court, the uh, the old brud, the old grizzled brud, that's pretty much what we had questioning us at the booth. And when it came to the mix-up name with uh, my buddy Dave, who his real name was Randall, um, that was one thing that I had totally forgotten is that we had Selma from uh, from Night Court to, um, <laughs> question us on that. And one thing, other thing he corrected for me was that it was obviously 2002, not 2003. I don't know why I said 2003, but anyway. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. Gee, <laughs> I mean, how, how dumb was I? And there was a small bathroom story, which I won't share here because um, <laughs> just, just because. <laughs> okay. We'll let, yeah. you, we'll let it go, Pat. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, one thing we did find out uh, also following up. Thanks for the feedback, uh, Ken. Um, you guys are doing different GT4 schemes. You guys thought you were doing the same Mastercraft one, and you guys are doing something different. Uh, Motocraft, yeah. Um, Motocraft, sorry. That's it. I, well, when I saw John's uh, decals that he had shared with us, he and I apparently are doing the same one. But he did order another set that I didn't know about. So there were two different retro schemes, and so yeah, there's photos in the uh, uh, in the show notes that show that uh, each car that uh, that we are doing. I haven't touched mine since last time we talked. Well, I moved it in other places of the basement, but um, other than that, yeah, we're still. Uh, I did clear coat them. I clear coated the decals just for safety, and um, other than that. Um, I'll get to them, and uh, probably this week I'm going to pick at that a little bit because uh, that's still really kind of hot on my uh, hot on my radar, I guess. Cool. All right, what's uh, news from the hobby? It's been a pretty quiet couple of weeks, actually. 
I haven't heard too much of anything new. The only thing I've heard of is the Supernatural Impala is out. That's it. Mm-hmm. Now, a question for for you guys or the listeners. Um, a police car or a like a fire chief's car would be different from uh, that, especially like, say, the roof line. Uh, if you had a post car rather than a hard top car. Uh, this apparently is a four-door hard top. So yeah, it has the be the more sporty roof. That would be the more spooter, sporty roof style. Okay, so the is hard the, top would be slightly different. Is there a roof out there that uh, would uh, that you would use for conversion to a post car for a uh, a sedan for police or uh, say fire chief services? Good question. Yeah, I can't answer. <laughs> yeah, let's let's set it out there and see if anyone has any answers for that because it may do a little better service. As you, I don't think you can just throw a post in it. Um, yeah, you, well, you, you may, know, some people are going to do that though. Pat, oh, they so. they are, and that's and that's fine too. I just let's see if there's an option out there for you know. Obviously, it's based off the uh, the two door anyway, so. Um, if it's a four-door hardtop, then we're a little off when it comes to light commercial. But um, maybe somebody's out there and they can uh, answer that up for us as well because we have no answers this week or very few. Well, we don't usually agree on them anyway, so it's all good. No, why, why would we? <laughs> why would we? All right. Uh, so that's an interesting question. I never realized that there was uh, a complete difference in the way the car was made. Because structurally, there's a huge difference between no post and a post in the middle. Uh, yeah, we're talking a post is a B pillar, right? Uh, yeah, a divider between the the front doors and the back doors. Uh, a light commercial vehicle, like a, a police vehicle, would would not be a hard top. Um, you would have certainly a structural post between the front doors and the back doors for light commercial. I guess this comes back to the days before rollover safety and all the rest of that, because that that's a structural detail. And I'm assuming that deleting a post uh, for a, a, a one-to-one car that actually needs it would have some structural issues. Uh, and uh, sort of like cutting the top off, you need to uh, reinforce the body itself, usually make the body heavier because of the cross bracing needed. And I'm... I, I'm not a subject matter in this at all, but I'm really surprised that there were two different variants of uh, uh, a four-door uh, Impala. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. W- w- with a um, with a four-door hardtop, um, you, know, like, um, you would have you would be able to put down both the front and the back windows, and you would have just one big opening, obviously. And with a post car, with a sedan, or with a, uh, a light commercial then you would have a structural post. I assume that they make it up somewhere in the roof or in the frames. Uh, most often in the frame, they would probably f- connect the subframes together. Um, and I don't even know, I don't have uh, an Impala in front of me. So at 67, did we still have a full frame car or did we have an X frame or what did we have? So that I don't know. And uh, I haven't picked one up yet because my local shop does not have it in stock as of, uh, Friday, so two days ago. So um, I don't know. And so we can get some answers if somebody does light commercial out there. That'd be neat. But uh, most often it was uh, frame connectors or a different, uh, more work on the frame so that it could support where there was no 
uh, as you call it, like a B pillar uh, out of the middle pillar. I, I got a question for you guys, just thinking about that. Is that a lost opportunity for AMT? Not uh, not to have, uh, to, to do the uh, hard top mm. without a pillar rather than one with a pillar? Well, yes and no. It's an easier conversion, I think, for them to do it from the two-door to the four-door. And we got to remember, most of these kits are likely going to be bought by people who are fans of Supernatural and may or may not ever build it, if you get what I mean. You know, it's, it's mm. a collector's item. Mm. Yeah, it's, Good, bad, it's, and different. It, <laughs> yeah, I mean, from what I've seen on the internet, on the box art, it's sold very, you know, in larger oh, print, yeah. certainly. Supernatural and Supernatural. And it looks like what you was on the TV show, I guess. Uh, again, I'd never watched the show. But, um, yeah, it's definitely selling the uh, the TV show rather than the actual 67 Chevrolet Impala yeah. four-door. Um, that's what it is. But uh, I don't know if it would be a lost... I mean, uh, yeah, it, um, you know, like Coke buyers, Coca-Cola, obviously. Um, <laughs> like Coca, Coca-Cola buyers, <laughs> they buy the kits, they buy the stuff because it says Coca-Cola on it. Yeah. And like, like John alluded to is that they're buying it because it says Supernatural on it. How many are going to get built by the Supernatural fans is, is probably very few. But there's going to be a bunch of us that want to possibly convert it into a light commercial vehicle. And again, the uh, the use for that as a taxi or whatever would not be, have been a four-door hardtop car. Hmm. See, I'm feeling really bad now because I never knew that the Supernatural was such a big deal, that they would have fans. Uh, it's uh, shot... Uh, Shot, lo- uh, shot locally to you, isn't it? Yeah, we have a church at the bottom of our street. It's actually uh, Coco and I go for our walks and walk in the churchyard. And uh, they have shot several times. They've shot a lot of movies there. But Supernatural's been back there several times. And I just look at it as an inconvenience because they have uh, trucks and everything parked on my street. And I'm miserable and old and don't particularly like uh, having to deal with traffic. Uh, and uh, I'm a little cul-de-sac, so it, uh, it, it really is kind of annoying. Um, but I have never walked down to see it. Uh, or, you know, I should have probably gone and got some pictures of the car. And I didn't. So uh, I feel bad. Could have gone and gotten the, the guy's autographs, too. I mean... <clears throat> Uh, even uh, what was it? What's his name? Uh, Harry Simon Potter. Dean? No, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Uh, the the guy that played that, Daniel Radcliffe. He actually came down, and he was actually the only one uh, that was shooting a movie that I was interested enough to go down and get his autograph. And I still didn't. It was like, okay, I'm I'm too old to be a fanboy. <laughs> Never okay. too old to be a fanboy. Yet, uh, yet I get the feeling if uh, Star Wars was shooting at the bottom of your street, you'd be there. Uh, nope. No? Darn. Nope. Jeez. Have you wow. seen the latest Star Wars movie? Yes, I have. <laughs> perhaps the perhaps the Mandalorian will come to your neighborhood then. Uh yeah, I I can't quite see uh the Mandalorian flying around looking for rainforests. You never know. Darn hippies. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about it. All right. Uh Pat, what's going on with uh Salvinos? Yeah, here's uh, here's Salvino's talk with Pat. Um, our Builders Club, and again, I say our, it's the Royal Hour, 
the group, uh, Salvinas JR has uh, the Builders Club, where you can... Um, anyway, we're up to 170 members. And they said that when they had 200 members, uh, that they would open up voting and we would choose on something that they would tool up in the short or distant future. Uh, we're getting close. Uh, we're within 30 members of that now. Um, and the I've said before what the Builders Club is about, but I'll just uh, go through it again. We agree to buy one model kit directly from them every month. They ship it right to us. They bill our credit cards, ship it off to us, and um, it's a subscription service is what it is. And they throw extra decal sheets and stickers and whatnot in the packages, just exclusive for uh, for the Builders Club. And uh, so the Builders Club is getting closer to uh, what they wanted to do is to um, open it up to the crowd to uh, let us vote on uh, what um, what they're going to tool up in the like I said the the foreseeable future. Um, did you did you actually get your Builders Club kit yet? You know what, my first one I still have not received it. And as we discussed earlier about um, Canada Post or whatnot, I've been in touch with Salvinos themselves. It's been billed, it's been shipped, but they're going to look into it to see where it is. I expect uh, uh, they're probably going to send a replacement. And if the original one ever does show up, then I can return it or do something with it. I'm not sure, but they are looking into it. It's certainly, uh, I have been billed and... um, so, yeah. And I have heard that uh, other ones have made it across the border a week ago. Oh, oh yeah. Over a week or more, um, my buddy in, um, in New Brunswick got his. Um, um, and other people even. I, I just think mine just happened to, uh, happened to get just waylaid somewhere. It's on the floor in the corner somewhere at a post office. Uh, it may show up uh, tomorrow. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it just, it's been over four weeks. So I've got Salvino's on the case. So if you're having any delays, uh, if you're outside of the U S um, you know, if you're in Canada, I, I'd say even just Canada really, but if you're listening in Indonesia or somewhere and you're waiting for your Salvino's NASCAR kit, um, if it's been delayed for too long, just, uh, check them out on the, uh, on the email and just say, Hey, what's, uh, what's happening. Can you keep an eye out for it? Has it come back to you as uh, undeliverable or something? Um, again, they're working on it for me. So, uh, I'm, I'm still holding my, uh, still holding my membership and uh i i don't expect any issues it's just i think it's one of those things even though our one of our friends got his uh shipped off to him oh over a week ago almost two weeks ago um or um so and it came to my address so you know it it was weird that they didn't show up obviously the same day or within a couple days of each other to my address but uh, his is somewhere uh, between here and uh, and uh, the land of uh, the kangaroos and shrimps on the Barbie. So um, anyway, that's what's happening. But uh, this month's Builders Club release, it, it's a never, never been done before uh, kit. It's the uh, 83-84 Grand Prix. It's an old Milwaukee Tim Richmond uh, Pontiac Grand Prix. So that one is uh, the next Builders Club 
And again, there's, they're going to come up with new decals for uh, releases that have never happened before. So if it's something that interests you, um, you know, NASCAR kits from the 70s and 80s, um, it, you may want to take a, a second look at the Builders Club. Um, my problems with shipping aside from all that, it's uh, it's got a Facebook page and um, it's uh, a lot of guys are getting their kits in two or three days. They're shipping from California and guys on the East Coast of the U.S. are getting their kits in three days. So I, again, it, it's just a, uh, it's just, it figures that it would be me. Um, you know, it just, that's the way it happens. Uh, you know, your box is sitting right there with my Ravel Germany uh, replacement body somewhere. Well, you know what? It's, um, yeah, and it could be, I, I'll always blame uh, the Gateway Post Office in Mississauga, Ontario, just uh, just outside of Toronto for the, you guys that don't. Um, Gateway is, is the pit of hell for um, Canada Post. That's where a lot of packages go through if they're going through from coast to coast or they cross over from Buffalo into uh, Ontario. They go to Gateway and Gateway is just so if any Gateway listeners uh, are out there, I'm sorry if we're losing you as a listener, but um, it just <laughs> I've heard horror stories about Gateway Postal. Uh, post office for Canada Post as being just a dreadful uh, place where, where packages go to die. Well, maybe if we have a listener, they could actually check the back room. That'd be nice. Check in the corner. Maybe it got swept into a corner somewhere. But um, or, or maybe it's that package that we see uh, the little YouTube video of where it's the the escalator or the, the moving belt is going up and the package just oh, keeps rolling yeah. down. Rolling, tumbling back down. It's a perfect balance <laughs> and it keeps tumbling backwards and backwards. Just staying in the same position is where it is. So mm-hmm. somebody should check that one conveyor ramp, I guess. But uh, it's coming. I know it's out there and uh, Salvino's is uh, certainly good for it. They're working on it. And he said, if they have to, we'll send a replacement. So uh, cool. I think it's just, it figures that it's it's me. Of all people, it's me. So, of course it is. Of course it is. Uh, you know what? It it happens. Uh, you know, you of can't. Course. It's it's definitely not Salvino's at fault on this one. No. The world is a little nuts at the moment. I I do have a Salvino's question for you though, because I'm looking yes. at the picture that is will be included in the show notes. So check out the show notes. Uh, check it out. Uh, we'll have a picture of that Blue Max Racing. The labeling on it says 18 years and older. Which is old for a model kit. Well, why would was, they say uh, 18? Uh, oh, ooh, ooh, I know, I know. John knows, John knows. It's because it's advertising beer. Well, yes, but the legal no, 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 age no, no, is that, 21. That's a, that's a, yeah, depends where in, you in are. The sta- in the States, it's 19 yeah. out here. It's what, 19 in Ontario? Uh, it's probably three in uh, Quebec because you guys do oh, everything quite weird. Quite possibly, yeah, we do everything weird. That's right. Uh, no, but uh, ser- seriously, I, I, I'm I'm kind of you know curious about 18 years or older. It's like buying, yeah. And and this one doesn't have cigarette advertising. It has Old Milwaukee, which I think is a terrible beer, but uh, I could be wrong on that. Or is it a cigarette? Well, there goes there goes our Old Milwaukee sponsorship. <laughs> oh wait, we didn't have that. Uh, no, it's um, I don't know why it's 18 either, and. Um, uh, yeah, because I unless there are some states that are 18, I don't think so, though. I thought it was 21, but 
Uh, maybe our listeners can let us know what the legal drinking age is in, okay, it was issued in California, the model kit. Oh, that's definitely like 21 or 35 or something because, you know, mm. pot's probably legal at uh, 18, but everything else isn't. 12. Okay. Yeah. So that I don't, uh, I don't know. So, um, but it's alcohol advertising, so it has some kind of a disclaimer on it and uh, it's just not, uh, no, not the correct, uh, at least maybe California. I, who knows? Mm. I'm sorry. I don't have that answer either. I'll, I'll put, I'm going to hit the, uh, once we get off this podcast, I'll hit the, uh, the hotline to uh, Salvinos and I'll find out. That's a good idea because we're generally quickly Googling it. and Everybody says 21, 21, 21, but there's a few. Ah, the Virgin Islands, 18. Well, okay. And Puerto Rico, 18. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I, 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 I kind of insulted old, old Milwaukee, but uh, I, I don't know anything about it. I've never actually drank it. Uh, it's just the association. That is a beer, right? It yes. is. Okay. Have you guys ever had it? No. Nope, I don't drink. All right. Uh, I, oh, I, my God. We agree on something, Pat. Thank you. <laughs> I am 30 years sober. Ah, congratulations. It, uh, 52 years sober. <laughs> it, it, it didn't agree with me. Didn't agree with me in my uh, mid to later 20s. Uh, so, nope, I, uh, I discontinued use. I've got about got, 12 hours of sober. Does that count for anything? I had a very um, nice bottle of wine last night. Counts for nothing because you're you're supplementing with caffeine. So, <laughs> yes, yes, lots of espresso this morning. Wow, there you go. All right, cool, cool. That looks uh, that looks like a neat kit. I was actually looking at it, going, "Oh, the design of that twenty-seven is very similar to the kit that's in front of me, the uh, Monte Carlo, the seventy-eight uh, Monte Carlo that Pat yeah, uh, I, sent over I, to me. That's on my build list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it's that font that." Uh, was and it was a different uh, different team owned it, uh, so um, I don't I uh, don't know what to say other just that's the way it looked. They liked the way it looked, so when the new ownership or the new team uh, bots owned the number twenty seven, that they decided to continue with that same font. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, what are you guys working on now? Because uh, I don't think we got anything else that's happening in the hobby. No, apparently not. Uh, I'm still toying with uh, my Savino's Olds and my uh, Hawaiian Punch Grand Prix uh, 2 Plus 2 and my uh, Haley Deegan Ravel Fusion Archicar. So I'm hoping to update some pictures this week to my Fotke album. So you can uh, find that uh, when you click on my link that I'll, we'll discuss later on at the closing credits. Hint, Google Pat Redmond. Oh, there you go. I can do it that way too. <laughs> or Fotkey, Pat Redmond, or whoever. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll try to have some updated pictures on there. I like to get a lot of painting done uh, where I live in southwestern Ontario. We have moments of humid humidity that you can cut with a knife. So, um, <laughs> that's not good spray painting weather. No. Um, so, um, and it carry, carries up the river, apparently, does it, John? Ah, bien sûr, la. Yeah, bien sûr. Uh, so it's, um, I try to get a lot of painting done and then I bring it home and I attempt to glue things together. And then I get distracted by other shiny things or uh, whatever <laughs> Or happens. new model car kits or... Oh, new yeah. kits or the ice cream truck comes through the complex and it's like, uh. oh, you know, so it's... Um, but I haven't done much building this week, but I do have a few new pictures. So uh, 
uh, AJ Foyt Oldsmobile, uh, Valvoline Oldsmobile, my Hawaiian Punch Grand Prix. And they're coming. They're coming along. And um, maybe this week I'll sit and glue some more stuff together. Actually, I did clear coat uh, a set of tires this morning um, that I'm uh, that should be dry by now. And I can decal them and I'll coat them later. So, yeah. So that's what I've, uh, I did actually work on stuff this morning after I geezer shopped. <laughs> uh, John, how's your uh, workbench looking? Uh, still looks pretty much the same as it did. Two weeks ago. I mean, I think in the last two weeks I masked and painted the blue on the GTP and I'm yes. basically sitting here looking at it thinking, you know, some of it's a little light. I may have to put put another hour or so into masking it again so I can go back and darken a few areas of the blue. But aside from that, that's it. Uh, the GT, The GT did get a clear coat and I recall Pat question me at the time you did you you dared do that with the humidity and yeah well <laughs> apparently <laughs> the humidity thought oh no you don't <laughs> as, it, uh, as the clear coat blushed so it, it blushed like, a little uh, bit yeah okay. blushed a little bit so as it's it, either uh, polish it out or recode it and it's eh, just sit on the desk for now mm-hmm. um yeah it, it it hasn't settled itself out on its own no not well uh, i haven't looked at it because i've still been playing yeah. of course with the birth year build and mm-hmm. every time mm-hmm. i think that's ready for a good coat of primer. It just mm. chuckles and says, yeah, watch this. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to show you another hole that. You yeah. That's see it. Before. More, more mm. scrapes or this or that. And the other thing. And I mean, if I was just going to paint it blue, I'd be like, eh. but you know, it's a cop car. There's it's no room car. with black and white paint. Mm-hmm. You can't screw mm-hmm. around with it. It's you either got it right or you got it wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then of course we go to the mat tracks and the mat tracks are going to get to put on a Ford Raptor. And well, we'll, we'll We'll tell you about what's going on with that next time around. Yeah, we a couple of us, well, certainly two of us that on the on the Slack channel have seen. Um, was it? On, did you put it on the Slack channel or just on Facebook? Mm. I, we've, we, I've I seen believe it. it was on Slack because I've seen it. Yeah, you've seen it. Okay, so yeah, that's uh, an interesting look. That's a very interesting look, and how what goes on it to make it will make it even more interesting. And that's all oh. I'm saying right now. Ooh, there's extra bits. There's extra bits. It's not just going to be a standard stock Ford Raptor with mat tracks. Tune in next time to find out all the titillating details. Yeah. Bingo. Uh, And then you've done some resin casting. What have you been casting? Well, that goes along with Raptor. The Raptor needed a few things. I have one set of those. And, well, I could use three sets of them. So I said, well, uh, or two sets anyway. So I... Made up some molds and I cast some of some some goodies and realized well I could use this and that project and that and that project and I had a mold that didn't work out there was no way I was ever going to get a usable part out of that mold so I had to remake another remake that mold or that part whatever you know you you've got to figure it out but yeah okay tongue tied the way I made the original mold wouldn't give me copies at all so I made I redid. The master slightly, the master. And how it was how it was mounted in the mold box considerably, so now I am getting consistent parts from it. Yay! <laughs> Yay! 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 Cool. Uh, I'm I'm haven't been making a lot of progress. Um, the birthier build is still annoying the heck out of me. Uh, we've had some really wet weather, so painting. Uh, it's not always the most fun in that. I, th- I think uh, summer has gone into quarantine. Uh, it started really nice and, uh, and and then disappeared, and it's been well, kind of miserable and wet. Uh, did you see but, what happened in Calgary? Nope. 
Oh boy. <laughs> what happened in Calgary? <laughs> They've got, they got such a hailstorm last night or yesterday that everything is white. The lawns, the streets, everything covered with hail. Oh, nice. Well, that's Calgary. And, and, hu- and a huge amount of rain, too. I mean, I've seen a video on Facebook of the city bus driving down the street, and it's making waves. <laughs> well, they, they're good for flooding. I mean, they had the big flood a couple of years back, right? So, yeah. And maybe. it's happening again. Yeah, here we go again. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it, but uh, I haven't really uh, been kind of busy lately, so I haven't been following too much of the news. Uh, mostly because that is depressing as heck is the moment with everything that's going on, the world falling apart. Yes. Um, you know, I, I don't want to see when the asteroids come in to kill us next. <laughs> well, no, it's not the, not the asteroids. It's the flamethrower squirrels that are coming. And <sighs> Pat, 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 Pat's what? just been what? encouraging them. So What? The squirrels? What? Yeah. Squirrels? The flamethrower squirrels. Haven't you seen them? They were cute. I, I, oh, they were okay. on Facebook. Right. Of course they're cute. <laughs> they're squirrels. Uh, we have those, uh, what do they call them? The killer hornets or whatever that they're. The murder uh, hornets. The murder, the murder hornets. hornets. That's it. Uh, they've, been, they've been, they've been mm-hmm. found in the next uh, city over from where I live. Mm. Uh, I'd be moving very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's, <laughs> you know, 2020, not a good year so far. No. Why? What's happened? Okay, we're not going there, Pat. Oh, okay. We've only got one small podcast. It'll take it'll take too long. I understand. Yeah. No, it, it's certainly been an an odd uh, year around the world, and uh, there it continues. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I have been doing, though, just for fun uh, and excitement, is a friend of mine started a new podcast, and so I've been uh, writing and producing some intro music, which has been really nice and. Uh, you know, I, I play a lot of musical instruments, and uh, sometimes, I, I, you know, like any hobby, I kind of go in waves. Sometimes I'm on this, sometimes on that, and it was really nice to get back into that and uh, make uh, make some make some music form. So uh, uh, I, I thought about doing something for us, and realized that you know, uh, that my style of music is probably a little um, darker than uh, than our our current theme music so we'll kind of stay with what we've got for now but uh, maybe someday I'll get intri- in, in, intrigued enough to do do something fun ooh maybe you've piqued my interest yeah it was funny because I, I think I've been re-watching uh, Battlestar Galactica which uh, I'm not sure if you're, you're not a fan of that are you Pat I did um, I, I not regular watcher I, I did on occasion uh, um, John, you were, you were a fan of... Uh, oh, yes. The, wasn't it Bongos in, the, uh, in that yeah. series? Yeah, it was all yeah. uh, the Tycho drums. and yeah, Tycho uh, drums, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been re-watching that, and I realized that uh, the, the intro is very much inspired by Bear McCreary with uh, Tycho drums and uh, ethnic drums and uh, a, lot of, a lot of layers of percussive sounds. And I, I, I kind of li- listened to it the other day and went... Ah, oh, okay. I, I can see where my influences today are coming from. Yep. Anyway, let's move on. Sponsors, uh, please share and rate the podcast. Uh, we're kind of up to where we were pre-COVID podcast in terms of listeners, uh, but we need to keep growing uh, to, so that people can find us on the internet because, uh, you know, it's it's busy out there. There are over 1.1 million podcasts now. Of course, we are, you know, 
the best model car podcast, but that's a fairly limited market. Um, and, you know, a lot of people don't know what a podcast is. So please, please, please share us, recommend us to your friends. Uh, they don't even have to know what a podcast is. Tell them it's an internet radio station and send them to our website. You can listen on there. And I think most people have some sort of computer with speakers that they could probably listen to us talk on and on and on. Uh, I want to thank uh, Ken Nesbitt for becoming our latest Patreon subscriber. Hooray. Hooray. Yeah. Th- Hooray. Thanks, Ken. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, glad you got the uh, extra recording that we did just for our patrons. Uh, if you're interested in becoming one of our patrons, uh, you can get uh, behind-the-scenes access to a special Slack channel for patrons only. Uh, you can get uh, patron extras, sometimes extra recordings, sometimes gifts, um, and even a chance to be on the show. Uh, did you guys get the um, stickers, by the way? I have received my stickers, and they're wonderful. I just uh, have to find somewhere to stick them. I don't, I don't have a laptop, so I can't put them on the back of the laptop like, like the old days when you put your stickers on guitar cases. So um, I don't have a laptop, but um, I'll find a place, and they're wonderful, and they, um, they're shiny. Mm-hmm. John, did you get yours? Uh, no, nothing. Uh, okay. Uh, guess what? Hey. It's, it's uh, stuck it's in Brunswick uh, along with your um, <laughs> Mustang. Uh, Mustang, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were they were all sent at the same time, and I know that they've gone across Canada uh, and even down into the States. So uh, yours you're should be on the way, John. Mm. Eh, not worried. It'll get here. Yeah, let's hope so. I haven't got it back, uh, and I did get back. I got back some mail a few weeks ago um, with a nice note from Canada Post saying um, the country you're trying to write to uh, is closed. Uh, please, please resend this when the country reopens. Okay. Parks closed. Parks closed. The moose at the front should have told you. Uh, yeah, it was. It was just the weirdest, <laughs> weirdest thing that, that they actually have a sticker for this. This was the part that amazed me. Uh, they sent it back, and I don't actually. I can repost it without putting another stamp on it, like they didn't oh, cancel the stamp. Wow, which I thought That's was cool. really kind of weird and cool. And you yeah. know, this this poor guy when he actually wow. gets this letter, which was written sort of in the middle of uh, the COVID crisis, uh, it's going to be like uh, three months out of date. But uh, yeah, you know, that's the joys of having uh, friends in Mediterranean countries. Ah. Well, at least it, at least that's that way. I mean, when my father passed, there is a uh, an amount of money you get from the government to cover the funeral, and apparently they tried sending it to me, and uh, they got it back as non deliverable. So they called me and they said, "Had are you at this address? Yes. Have you moved? No." They said, "Well, that's strange because we tried to send you this check and it came back to us." And I, said, huh. I figure somebody was lazy that day, but. Uh, I don't know. I made no sense at the time. Still makes no sense years later. Uh, you know what that means? Is that as somebody that professionally sends out payments to people, that means that I uh, sat on my desk and it's been sitting there too long and I've got to come yeah. up with a good excuse. Yeah, I imagine so. Because mm-hmm. John's, yeah, address, John's address is the same as his father's address. Oh, yeah. So there was no real mix-up of addresses. No. Yeah. Anyway, so it, it uh, is what it is. It still mystified me then, mystifies me now. But yeah, you know what? They probably they probably wrote it in English, not in French. Uh, actually, see. it was from uh, it was from the provincial government. Actually, so there was no excuse on that part. <clears throat> All right. All right. In that case, um, if you want to become a uh, supporter of our show, 
please, please, we would uh, appreciate it. You know, it's a tough time. I know not everybody has the financial resources to do that. If you could throw us even a couple of bucks a month, we would really appreciate it. Uh, you can join us, patreon.com slash modelcarpodcast, or you can drop us a one-time uh, PayPal at modelcar.show slash supporters. And we appreciate everybody that does uh, help us out, uh, keep us going, and pay for our, our shoes here. All right, uh, we've got a, a theme that uh, I came up with that I've heard from other hobbies, and I've never heard it done for us. Uh, desert Island. If you are shipwrecked on a desert island, what are you going to take with you? And and I thought about this, and I was trying to um, look at a way of making this, if this was the only thing that you could do, um, what would you do? And rather than make it one kit, um, I, I broke it down into what three kits would you take to last you as long as you're abandoned on the on the uh, desert island? What 10 tools? Because we all have a workbench full of tools. And what seven paints? Because let's make it challenging. Because it's hard, it's hard to, you know, we use a variety of paints and shades and um, different mechanisms. I was kind of curious to see what everybody had come up with. And I thought it was just a fun exercise. Uh, so, Pat, uh, I, I see you're, you're first. Uh, can you give us an idea of what kits you would take if you were to be shipwrecked on a desert island? And why these three kits? Um, my, the three I've chosen... I talked about last uh, time the um, the Ravel Forty Ford Standard. Really like that model. It's just a really it to me. It seemed very accurate. It uh, it went together well as best as I can recall, and um, I, I liked it. So it's um, and if I wanted to build a race car out of it, I guess I could. But I think I would just want to try to build that as stock as I could. Ravel Forty Ford Standard would be my first choice. Good choice. Okay. Second choice, and this would have been the beginning when, when Monogram changed the industry when it came to NASCAR kits. Um, they totally uh, they did the 1981 Buick Regal. Um, they did the whole body, they did the whole chassis, an updated chassis for the day. Everything just everything was super correct for its day so um i'd probably want the um yeah the 81 nascar buick regal and that could be uh uh daryl waltrip's car uh, could be the mountain dew car could be the um oh gosh the uno car but one of those just because uh i build race cars and this was kind of the standard this set the new mark for standard uh in model kits and for third the good old AMT 49 Ford sedan. I just like it. it. Again, it could be a race car if you want. It could be just an old beater or something. And um, yeah, so uh, those are my three uh, choices. And, you know, certainly I'd want plenty more, but those would keep me happy and um, and uh, occupied. Cool. Um, I'm just looking at those and uh, trying to trying to wonder if those are kits you've built before or would these be new kits that you have always wanted to build 
I have built all three at one point or another, and uh, I enjoyed them enough. I like the looks of all three of them. So even if I had never built them before, um, I, I do like the looks of those. But um, yes, I have built them, and uh, I, I have no reason. I still have a few 49 Ford sedans in the collection. I have some of each of them um, that I have in reserve, and I can pull any of them off the shelf to build at any time. So uh, I do like them, and uh, yeah. That 49 is one of those lead sleds uh, style, right? It, it certainly could be. It has some options that uh, you could build. Um, you could build any number of things that you could build. Certainly a custom. You could build a lead sled. Uh, there's some options in there that uh, could build a custom. So, yes, yes, you have options. Right, Nate, uh, John, any thoughts on what uh, Pat's uh, going to build? No, I like his, you know, actually, I like his choices. I have the 40 standard. The 40 mm-hmm. Ford standard, that is. Nice kit. Never got around to building it. The the NASCAR Buick, he's right. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, we don't often see much press about model cars, especially not anymore, in, even in the hobby magazines. But I can recall distinctly the ads that Monogram was running at the time in the magazines that showing all the neat points about what makes their Buick Regal the best NASCAR kit ever. And they're very much right at the time. 49 Ford lead sled, eh, not so much, but hey, <laughs> Pat, Pat, I'm me. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so what did you choose, John, as your three kits? And why, of course. <laughs> <laughs> why? Well, why not? Well, I, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm surprised. Is one of these that uh, that isn't on there that I'm surprised. And one uh, of them that's just changing. Yes, it just changed because I was thinking. <laughs> that's why. Okay, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gravel's 1968 Chevy Chevelle SS396, simply because it's it's a beautiful kit. You know, it, there's there's nothing wrong with it. It goes together easily. The details are right. Easy. Number two <laughs> would be the Ravel Knight. Ravel started as monogram 1971 Plymouth GTX, because that's my favorite of the Mopar muscle car bodies. Oh, Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's never heard me talk about it before. No, I mean, everybody, no. Likes, everybody likes the 70 Kudas. Yeah, they're nice, but there's just something about the Coke bottle styling of the 71 GTX and Roadrunner that, wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what mm-hmm. it does for me. That's actually and, a kid I've built, believe it or not. Oh, superb, superb. Welcome to the uh, club. <laughs> yes, uh, and I just wouldn't have put it up there on a, a, a list, it's, but that, I guess it's a personal build. choice. There's, right? not a lot yeah. of, there's not all that many pieces in it, really. Yeah, that, that was why I was so kind of surprised be, by it. Yeah, Yeah. well, I make up for that with the last choice, the one that was just changed. I changed the... It just grew. ...that I want the Revell 2013 Ford Mustang Shelby GT500 in one twelfth scale. Oh, good choice. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's... Uh-huh. <laughs> that'll keep me busy for a little while, and as long as I'm allowed to bring along whatever's in the box, right, Justin? Uh, which box? Inside of that one twelfth scale box. Well, yes, it's it's the kit. Well, yeah, but... I put other things in the box. No, just the oh, kit. Darn, darn. Oh, well. we'll still uh, that's that's why you've got choices. You could bring certain things as a tool or as a paint. They're not tools. They're, they're accessories to go with a kit. <laughs> nope, just straight out of the box kit. Oh, well, we'll still take the big GT500. I haven't built it, but it's going to get built one of these days. Right. I know what the paint scheme will be, so I'm happy. Are you talking aftermarket parts? Yes. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. The... Uh, Oh, what's the name of the company there? 
Matthew Wells is the proprietor. Scale Motorsports. Oh, okay. Scale yeah. Motorsport. Scale Motorsports. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> they had all sorts of this, that, and the other thing. I couldn't resist the the aftermarket wheels they had for the car, and I believe I got another, and the aftermarket photo which brakes, and three, ah, I t- bought two or three accessory packages for that kit and said, oh, boy, one of these days. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Too, yeah. too bad you're just building it box stock, though, huh? Yeah, too bad. Oh, well. Minor detail. Mm. Minor detail. Can't be All right. <laughs> I, so I, I can buy a second. <laughs> yeah. Have Have you Just built for once these? I get off the island. Uh, the GTX I built once or twice. The Chevelle I have one. I have another one to build. The big Mustang only have one. Mm, yeah, and you haven't built that yet. You've got no. all the stuff to no, build no, no, it. No, no, no. I've got all neat goodies to really geek out on it someday, but <laughs> haven't got there yet. Mm-hmm. Interesting choice, uh, uh, Pat. Have you built any of uh, John's favorites? I built the GTX some many, many, many years ago. Uh, neither of the other two, though. Um, 12 scale stuff. Um, well, in my defense, Pat, it's the only one I have in that scale. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, exactly. No, I. Um, Where am I supposed to display it afterwards? I have no idea, but. <laughs> yeah. You got the whole yeah. desert island to display it on. Well, yeah, it's true, but if I build it here at home, <laughs> it'll, I guess it would have to take over the uh, living, the kitchen table or something like that. I, I have a couple of big scale, uh, then there's 16th scale, old MPC um, Petty Charger and um, uh, Buddy Baker Charger. So, uh, but um, yeah, I, I'm not much for having big scale stuff, but that is certainly uh, a kit that if I were a crazy Mustang guy, then yeah, I would, uh, <laughs> I would definitely grab Guilty. that. Guilty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, can, I I understand. But it's not the it's not your body style though. See, it's the old no, body, it's not, older body. Yeah, it's the previous bot, previous generation car. But honestly, when I when I was when my dad passed and when I was lo- really seriously looking at a Mustang, I would have been happy to have a 2010 to 2013 Mustang very happily. Mm-hmm. There oh, just it, weren't it, any secondhand deals to be had. It's so, still a great great looking car. It oh still yeah. Is. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, my choices, I uh, of course, you know, let's do things differently. Uh, you, John is all in with Ravel. Uh, Pat has hit all three of the sort of uh, American manufacturers, and I went all offshore because I have to do yeah, things differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm agreeing with you on one of them. <laughs> all right. Uh, so my first choice is the 1.6 Harley Davidson Fat Boy from Tamiya. That's the big boy, expensive. And fairly complicated um, motorcycle kit that they released. What was that, 2012, 2013, something like that? Something like that. Uh, very, very nice kit. Uh, I love the style of that. I'm I'm not a uh, soft tail rider, which is what the fat boy is. But uh, I've, I've taken one on out for a test drive a couple of times. Really like that uh, style. And that was part of one of the kits that influenced one of my current bikes um you know in terms of uh, the the flat black that i have on one of my bikes uh so it's a really nice kit it is quite complicated so uh, i'm sure you guys know a harley v-twin engine it has ridges all the way up each one of those in the engine of that is a separate part so oh, oh boy I, I've had that out on my bench a couple of times and I've looked through all the parts and I've gone, okay, that is a labor of love. 
uh, and time. And certainly if I'm sat on a desert island, I have a lot of time on my hands. And I, f- I thought this would be the kind of kit that would keep me going for a while. Um, the second kit, uh, again, going with this theme of how do I keep myself busy when I don't have any of the hobbies and I'm stuck on a desert island, these are aspirational kits that I've always wanted to build. Uh, the Fujimi Enthusiast Lamborghini Countach LP400. So the LP400 was the very first. The very first car, no wings, no add-ons, no gigas, just purity of design. That is the one. And I've always yeah. loved that. And uh, Fujimi did a fantastic job on it. I've never built it. Um, the That kit, the Enthusiast kit, comes with... You can actually take the engine. It comes with a little stand for the engine itself. It's got all the... Like, it's got pistons in it. When you put it together, I'm not sure you see that. But it has that level of detail in it. It's absolutely... Uh, nuts when you open that box. Um, you know, it's one of those you don't even want to take the parts out because you may never get them back in the box. Um, and, and certainly that was that was part of my choice of that is, again, one of those kits that uh, I, I would need a lot of time and a lot of dedication and and I've always wanted to build that. Uh, I think it's an absolutely gorgeous-looking kit. So, all right, gorgeous-looking car, and I think the kit would be the same way. Mm. Uh, and then my final one, I think, is one that John agrees with me. We yes, talked about yes, it on... Yes. Yes. On on the uh, show before, I have Nigel Mansell's Tamiya 112th Williams FW14B, which is the car he won the uh, uh, championship with in 1992, I believe it was. Something like uh, that, yeah. Uh, just a gorgeous car. Uh, the camel uh, decals and everything in it. Um, I, I'd, I'd love to build that. That is on my ambition list. And again, stuck in a desert island. Uh, let's let's swing for the hills. None of these I have built before. All of these I have and have drooled over. And all of these have gone back in the box as I don't have enough time and capacity right now to deal with either one of the, any one of those three. So that that's sort of my choice. Uh, you're you're not a Tamir Fujimi guy, Pat. Uh, so I'm, I'm assuming well, I might be talking a little uh, different language to you. My again, it's a scale. I'm a scale snob. I tend to. I, I love Tamiya kits. Just give me 24 scale rally cars. Um, that ten, tends to be where I am with Tamiya, is uh, 24 scale rally cars, uh, Subarus especially. But um, yeah, it's just it's a scale thing for me. I, I really to have a big bike or something. But I, I can appreciate all your choices. Certainly is, um, um, but um, yeah, it's just a scale thing for me. <laughs> have you guys ever built any motorcycles? Yes. Oh, again, long ago in Toronto. Yeah, very, I did very long time ago, but yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, but not, not something you guys are particularly interested in? No. No, not really, no. Although I do know, to me, it does make some really nice 12-scale bikes. Uh, I looked at a few, a lot of the crotch Ooh. rocket style, a lot of the sport mm-hmm. bikes. Um, they are quite nice. I'm not sure where they are recently in those, but when I was more interested, I, I think I did pick up a, I did pick up a couple, um, and I started them and, uh, yeah, I found them a little, just, I flipped them off at shows or whatever. I just didn't quite grasp building a bike. I, I, I enjoyed the subject matter, but, um, the building was, I went back to cars and trucks. 
Yeah, bikes are a different way of, of building because you're, unlike a car where you build your sub components and put everything into it, uh, the bikes you, in a lot of cases, have to build around an engine. So your yes. frame, for example, has to be around that. Your fairings have to be around ever. You know, your your mating two pieces, which makes them a little bit more challenging in terms of oh, certainly, yeah, uh, that's putting everything together time. and uh, trying to paint them and fill gaps and you know all of the things you like to do. Uh, you know, in prep, um, it can become hard because of the way that you have to make some of those those bikes. But uh, anyway, uh, fun stuff. Uh, so one, Pat, one minor correction. Oh. I do. I do have a bike that has <laughs> got sidetracked, but uh, yes, it's a uh, Tamiya's uh, Red Bull Yamaha YZR five hundred. Mm-hmm. Got sidetracked because the the decals, the aftermarket decals that came with the kit. It wasn't the Red Bull kit that uh, I started with, but that's what the decals that are going on it are, and the decals just are not uh, very flexible, shall we say? Ah. Hmm. Uh-huh complications uh, the kit went together beautifully but the decals <laughs> actually I, th- I think i remember seeing that uh, a picture yeah. of that a couple of years back yeah, and i'd forgotten like that. about yeah. that yeah yeah so that was a while ago oh yeah oh that that refreshes now okay yeah now it makes sense doesn't it <laughs> yes yes it does now sure yeah it's uh got lost in the tool uh, in the uh the supply of abandoned projects that we all have something like that yeah yeah mm-hmm, that's what we'll mm-hmm. see yeah yeah, I, I know all about those. Uh, Pat, so what are you going to take with you? This is interesting. We're, we're actually all very similar on a lot of things and yeah. very different on a few things, too. Yeah, um, I, I, and I noticed uh, after I looked at your list and John's list that I've made a major goof up in trying to be a wise guy. I made a major goof up in my tools. No, I don't, dis- I don't disagree with it. With your one, with that one choice, if you're talking about the one I'm thinking about, well, but it, well, I'll just go through the list and you tell me what's missing, um, because uh, I've chosen first of all, let's go to paints. Um, I, I know the um, if I were to do say the Regal as the the Buddy Baker Uno car, um, it's a Italian red, uh, just uh, some spray uh, to me Italian red TS eight. Uh, I'd take another spray of uh, gray primer and a spray can of clear coat. And I'd have to get, get a few bottles of paint uh, just for smaller details and stuff. To me, a semi-gloss black, aluminum, uh, light gunmetal, and white uh, is what I would choose for paints. Um, but then I go through my tools and uh, tell me what I'm missing after I go through all my tools here. Um, sprue nippers. Um, just some nice cutters, uh, model masters or Tamiya's or whoever's just a good, uh, clean cut, uh, sprue nippers. Um, obviously a number, uh, 11 bladed knife, uh, whichever brand exacto or XLs, whoever's, um, a, a good standing, sanding stick with, um, you know, different grits on each side, one finer, one of a, more of a medium grit. Um, I like my regular Tamiya, uh, cement, um, I'd get super glue as well because, uh, uh, well, just because I'll need some, uh, some super glue there. But, um, <laughs> I need my 2.5, uh, or two and a half times cheater eyeglasses. Uh, as I age, I need my eyeglasses. So I'll cons- consider that as a tool because I don't wear <laughs> them around all the time. Mm. Um, Be some thankful. nice, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, I've had the uh, darn thing sitting on my nose since I was eight. So, oh, yeah. That's, yeah. uh, it's not something I, I did as a young teenager. I was per- first prescribed and, uh, um, I couldn't live with them all the time. So I've been an on and off, on and off glass, glasses wearer all my life. And now that as diabetes is starting to kick me around a little bit and my other illnesses, I need uh, certainly cheaters uh, for model building. So, yeah, I got some cheater glasses. I'll consider that a tool. Uh, some needle nose clamps, um, a coat hanger, because uh, I'm one of those bent coat hanger guys when I spray my paints, put the body on the uh, the bent coat hanger, and uh, I can spray it rather than using a, uh, uh, a spray, um, uh, one of those tools, one of those table things. Um, what are the Tamiya? Uh, I think one of you guys listed it as your uh, the paint stand, yeah. As your paint stand, yeah. And as a wise guy, I uh, I slipped in a, a Wilson volleyball because if I'm going to be on a desert island, I need a friend. Well, you've already got the haircut for it, I think, from uh, three months yeah. in uh, isolation. Oh my! Oh my goodness! Please! Oh, I and I I keep going, keep looking at Amazon and going. Well, yeah, I can. And I'm just, I'm actually, I'm afraid to cut my own hair. I was going to get some buzz. Like I usually get a number one and a half uh, cut at the barber at the, at the local hair, uh, hair cutting saloon, if you will. And I just, I keep looking and go, well, okay. It has one and a half, uh, uh, you know, it's got a bunch of different clipper, uh, attachment blades, uh, attachment uh, guards on it. And I keep, I'm just afraid to cut my own hair because I'm going to do what, some little kid did to his younger brother or sister and leave a big score and I'll have to shave my head entirely and then I'll look well I won't be able to You'll get look used like to, me I won't be able to get used to looking totally bald for a while and I'm really I'm actually afraid of cutting my own hair with clippers so anyway um yeah I'm I am certainly um I hair is driving me nuts uh, right now but um yeah, so you guys go ahead with your painting tools and then look back and tell me what I forgot. Um, well, I, I okay. Um, I think we should probably do the paint because I think it relates to your tools. Yeah. yeah so, so, so what are your what are your choices for paints as well, Pat? Okay, um, the to me uh, Italian red TS eight spray paint, mm-hmm. uh, a gray spray paint primer, and a uh, spray clear coat, and uh, just some bottles of semi gloss black aluminum light gunmetal and white. And um, so, yeah, that's what I would take. That's seven paints that I would take with me. And I could cover most of my detailing and my main body paints in that stuff somewhere. Except for the fact, how are you getting your bottles on? That's exactly, yeah. How am I painting from my bottles? I guess I'm using my fingers because, <laughs> as I said, being a wise ass, I thought I'd put in a Wilson volleyball instead of putting in paintbrushes. <laughs> so I, I guess I'm using my finger or my toes. Um, I don't know how I'm applying bottle paint to model cars. So the wise ass comes back to slap me. Yeah, but if you look at <clears throat> look ahead to the other to us other guys. Uh, we're not the you're not the only ones to forget it. <laughs> I guess if I'm on a desert island, I'll have leaves or something that I can maybe turn into a brush of some sort. Leaves from a, a tree, a palm tree, or something, or whatever island I happen to be on. Uh, maybe I can adapt and uh, 
or I'll, I'll get a piece of a branch and I'll, I'll narrow it down and I'll make little bristles from the branch and use that as a paintbrush. I don't know. I just, I, I screwed it up. So anyway, <laughs> but that's, that's what a, I would take. Yeah, it's all good. I was, I was kind of curious which way everybody would go with that. Yeah. yeah. I completely missed it. I admit it. <laughs> all right. So, so what, what are you doing, uh, John? For tools or paint, which one do you want? Uh, let's start. Let's start with your tools. I'm kind of curious to see what's. Uh, there's a well, few things that are word for word the same as Pat's. Well, yeah, sprue nippers, knife with a number eleven blade, a sanding stick with different grips, grits on each side. I prefer prefer my Tamiya extra thin cement. Uh, there's going to be decals, so I got tweezers. Of course, I didn't think about having a bowl for the water, which will would have to be seawater, I guess. But yeah, minor detail. A uh, a clamp to use to hold parts. Then I said, well, <laughs> a paint stand, an airbrush, a compressor, and a generator. I see a problem here. Such as? Electricity for the airbrush, compressor? Generator. Compressor, generator. I think oh. something just changed on us there, Pat, uh, to add the no, generator. Uh, no, I put that Was in. Was that already in there? All yes. right. I, 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 I see the little uh, John Deason uh, sitting. Yeah, but that's just where I happen to put the cursor. That that is that's been in there since. Well, I forget okay. when. But. Well, I'm counting then. One, two, three, four. <laughs> All right, you made it. Uh, unless you unless you count his paint. How many paints does he have? Uh, eight. Eight. Sorry. Oh, eh, eh. you you made. Yeah, no, you're, um, yeah, you're eight, including right. clear, which is technically a paint. Um, so. Mm-hmm. One, right. one of those anyway. has to stay back. Which paint do you leave behind? One of the paints has. Well, se- seven, oh, seven paints. paints. You've got, oh, you've got eight. I, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was 10. Whoops. <laughs> Sorry about that. I guess I didn't read the rules. Uh, we will leave, uh, hmm, gee, that's a good question. We'll leave the, uh, the bottled semi-gloss black behind. Mm-hmm. Just spray everything. Spray everything. Uh, so, so what are your choices in paint? For me, uh, well, I went with the with Tamiya TS8 Red, the Italian red that uh, Pat likes, white primer, and of course Tamiya Clear Coat, and uh, some semi-gloss black, all sprays for bottles, aluminum, light gun metal, and white. Hmm. Good choice. So you're mm-hmm. you're. I'm assuming you're decanting everything and airbrushing it. Well, yeah. Why not? What are you going to use to mask it? Yeah, I realized that I didn't. But you see, Palm my, leaves. in my head, tape isn't a tool; it's a supply. Uh, well, yes, uh, but you get I, no supplies. I, you're, yes, you're, I know. I understand that. I understand that now, but it didn't didn't register when I was doing this last evening. So, all right. Eh, oh well. All right. Uh, any any thoughts on everybody's list so far? Detail painting is going to be challenging. Mm. I, I'm I'm impressed with the uh, the the paint the 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 airbrush compressor and generator. That's uh, a, a lot of hardware. Well, when you're already take when you're already taking the bottles. <laughs> True. Or, or the not the bottles, uh, the spray cans. I would just spray right out of the can. Yeah, that's that's you. All right. Anyway, well, that, we're that all going to be stranded there together. So somebody's got tape. Somebody's got a brush. Somebody's got <clears throat> right. Now we're. Oh wait, wait. Pat is the only get... one that has company because Pat is the one that has the beach ball. Oh darn! It, are we all together on this island? Nope. Darn. No, we're, we're, we're on we're, three different islands. Darn, darn, darn. Yeah, see. Because okay, we are that, never together on anything in this podcast. That, there you go. So <laughs> I, I feel better already. So we can wave to one another then. Smoke signals? Uh, yeah, uh, we can. 
as your generator burn, burns out in the uh, in the hot uh, desert uh, island sun. Uh, the one with no gas. You'll know what's going on. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, you know, it's funny because I, I compiled my list on, in a notebook and I only put it in this morning and I didn't actually look at your guys until we were making this. So uh, I, I was uh, a little different and uh, I thought about this apparently a different way. Uh, like you guys, I have uh, sprue cutters, uh, the number 11 knife. Uh, I have a flexi-file in fine. I specified which one I want. Uh, the fine I find is uh, good enough for everything that I need, given I'm dealing with Fujimi and Tamiya kits. Um, I did not go with uh, cement because I didn't want to have to remove paint from the painted parts that I, I'm uh, going to be assembling. Yeah, it works. So, so I, I went you. with super glue. Nope, uh, so, I, so I'm kind of curious, John. Particularly, I know Pat has super glue as well. John, you've got uh, extra thin cement as your only glue. How are you going to deal with that with parts that are added on, like wing mirrors and things like that? Very carefully. <laughs> When's, when's the last time you used uh, uh, cement for uh, that kind of uh, gluing? Yeah, I'm just looking at the builds sitting here beside my computer. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they're probably super glue or, tam- or testers clear part cement. So, <laughs> Oh, a go- another good choice. I-, I have both super glue and testers clear part cement for that very, uh, yeah, yeah. For that very reason. Uh, I also uh, packed in, in my kit because, you know, these unexpected um, things where you're just suddenly stranded, you know, you've got time to pack. I packed music wire and a paintbrush. So I can hopefully do some of the little details. Uh, I picked uh, tweezers, uh, the push to open style. Uh, The reason for this, I don't have a paint stand in there, but by carefully using those, I will be able to do everything from... Uh, decals to uh, holding small details to holding a body. I've got the, I've, I thought about this. Uh, the flex file, which I already talked about, I also threw in to me a masking tape uh, because with that and the number 11 knife, I can cut and mask everything. So I should be good there. Uh, and then the final thing that I find particularly useful when I'm using masking tape, and paint, and uh, pretty much anything. Is I just realized something that I really missed. <laughs> oh, what did you guys really miss? Bare metal foil. Ah, see, I don't need it for, for mine, but... Uh, <laughs> well, you you guys have aluminum. Uh, both of you guys have aluminum, so you can paint some. Yeah, that's better than nothing, but we got no paintbrush, so we're still <clears throat> up the creek without yeah. a paddle. Mm. Mm. Literally, we are. Well, you know, you can you can build it like you're 11 again, you know, before we had... Uh, In which had, case, what do I need the airbrush and the compressor for? <laughs> well, that's, I, that, this is a theory of constraints question is, what what yeah. do you prioritize most? And uh, that's half the fun in trying to do it. So I, anyway, those are my tools. For paint, unlike you guys, uh, I did not go for any uh, bottles of paint. Um and I, my choices would have been easier if I had decided that they were all going to be the same body color, for example. Uh, but I actually went for different colors for my each one of my three kits. I thought about it is going to be painted a different color. 
Uh, so I've got the, these are all Tamiya TS spray cans, a semi-gloss black, the aluminum, a white, a cam, camel yellow, the dark blue, a gloss black, and the Italian red. And so this gets me the, uh, the semi-gloss black is going to be the fat boy. The enthusiast Countach is going to be the Italian red. And the Tamiya is going to be the white, yellow, and the dark blue, which is, uh, as well as the blacks as well. So it's uh, very carefully thought out, again, with the theory of constraints, which ones can I do without? I'm going to use spray cans, but I figured I can decant spray onto the paintbrush and touch up details by, by hand with the paintbrush. I've, I've thought about this. Uh, what did I miss, guys? I'm sure there's something. Can't say that I saw it, but uh, I don't know. I'm just sitting in the over at the edge of the the water here, talking to Wilson. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, at least yes. I see. I don't have anybody to talk to. Uh, uh, maybe I could rename my toothpick or something. I have oh, made fire. <laughs> uh, yeah, kindling. There we go. I've got a use for everything. Hey, boy. Uh, uh, so, so we're interested, of course. Uh, what if you're stuck on a desert island? What would you? What would you choose? What three kits? Uh, what tools? Uh, is a compressor, uh, a uh, generator, and an airbrush part of your tools? Or even on a on an island, do you just go uh, back to a team spray can? and uh, go like Pat and myself. Uh, interesting thoughts. So uh, I thought it'd be an interesting game. Thanks very much for playing, guys. That was good. That was fun. Although I'm going to wait until the very end to answer my answers next time because um, <laughs> I have to think about things a little stronger, I guess. I mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, yeah I, I actually had this. I've been making a note of this in a notebook I carry with me. Uh, so this has been sort of a week's worth of me thinking about this. So. Uh, okay. Uh, I, that's why they didn't actually get into till this morning because I wasn't near a computer when I was making my list. Mm, gotcha. And, and that was good because I, did, I didn't get to see your guys' choices either, which uh, could have yeah. influenced me. Yeah, I, I think I would do what you did and just go to all spray cans. I would choose, uh, if I had to do it again, I would choose just seven spray cans instead of worrying about the uh, about the bottle paints and the lack of uh, brush. But, um, yeah, because you can do everything you need, and like you said, you can touch up with a uh, with your toothpick or um, something like that. So. Yeah, it's just so long since I've used a toothpick to do any sort of detail painting. Oh, jeez. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, but, yeah, it does work. Mm-hmm. All right, um, uh, questions in the Q&A section. We've got a couple of... Uh, questions that uh, came up on Slack that I thought, uh, you know, we've kind of answered them, uh, but uh, I, I thought they'd be good uh, general questions that people might uh, be interested in. Uh, Mike on Slack asked a question, uh, I think it was this morning, actually. What types of paint can I use over Tamiya primer? Enamel, acrylic, lacquer? What is the safe way to layer paints is my question. Uh, so, John, I think you were the one that jumped on this uh, do you want to do you want to take the the answer to this one? Uh, you can use all three. You just need to be a little cautious in how you do it. It's you always work from your hottest paint to your coolest paint, and in this case, your hottest paint is lacquer. So, 
If you're, for example, you've got your Tamiya primer painted on your body, cool. Paint it with automotive color, just being very careful about it. Then you can go and add details first with enamel and then with acrylic. Although Tamiya does say their acrylics are strong enough that you can put enamel over top of it, but still in my book, no, I, no, I won't do that. <laughs> yeah, so really, I, I, again, it's definitely exactly as you said, uh, the hottest to cold, coldest paint. Uh, the formula I've always used is LEA, lacquer enamel acrylic. acrylic. And that way, if you put those, if you layer according to LEA, uh, you're always going to be layering on top of the hottest stuff. I have known exceptions to this. There are exceptions to this. I know a friend of mine that did an absolutely uh, gorgeous uh, Cobra 427 where he did a um, enamel finish and, sorry, uh, an acrylic finish. And, or No, what was it? It was enamel finish. And then he shot... To mere clear over the top of it. Oh man, uh, that guy has uh, bigger cojones than I do. Um, I, but you know, yes, yes, it, uh, it actually turned out. The key was he had. I think it took him 10, 12 coats, uh, just sneaking up on it a little bit at a time, letting it gas out, sneaking up on it, letting it gas out. I wouldn't do that because your chances, more than anything, is the lacquer as the hottest paint is just going to eat into that enamel finish. And it's going to be unpredictable at best. Just going to be, you know, it'd be heartbreaking if you got, say, six coats into it. Oh, I'm almost there. And that next coat just does it for you and ruins the paint underneath. And no. Yeah, I've I've had lacquers eat lacquers. I mean, God only knows about putting uh, a lacquer over an enamel. Yeah. Oh, God. No. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I thought it was a uh, good advice, Pat. Uh, anything to add on that question? No, no. I, I just, I do not like enamels much at all. So I, eh, but th- I would say that that was probably the uh, LEA would be the best, uh, the best formula to follow. I, I think E and A can sometimes be uh, interchanged depending on, uh, um, like, if you got some testers PLA enamel, and that's you know. That would go on top. Obviously, yeah, but that's that's but, PLA uh, enamel. That's not. Yeah, mm, that's true. It's it's, it's not, not even it's really a, a straight enamel anymore. So it's it's not. Yeah, it, it's certainly more. I just I don't like putting alkyd style enamels, um, anything over top of alkyd style enamel. So, but I think we're not working with alkyd style enamels anymore. So never mind. I uh, I yeah. do believe that uh, the other side of our hobby, the uh, military side, may actually do this slightly different because I think they do enamel washes, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes. Yeah. and if you if you buy the Tamiya panel line accent colors, mm-hmm. those are enamel washes. Yeah. Uh, okay. So th- th- there are, as I said, a few exceptions, but I think as for model car people, which are generally doing large uh, areas and uh, you know heavy heavy coats, you probably would be best to stick with this. Yeah. Um, also mm-hmm. from snack from snap. I'm, I'm guess it's it's getting to lunchtime here. I'm getting hungry. Uh, from Slack, uh, and I'm I'm not going to call out the builder because. Uh, we went over this last week, and uh, you know nobody wants uh, a, a boo boo to be um, shared Publicized. without 
<laughs> with, without uh, without uh, us talking to you first. Uh, but uh, one builder was uh, polishing. They had a fantastic paint job mm. and got a little bit too hard on the pressure, pressure while polishing and broke the window surround. Uh, what, what do you call that uh, underneath the window there? Oh, the cowl. Yeah, the, the cowl. cowl. Or le- the cowl, yeah. the top of the cowl, yeah. Uh, but I thought uh, I've done this before on A-pillars, uh, and quite often A-pillars are one of those things that does get damaged. Uh, so I thought there was a, a little bit of a um, a lesson and a uh, discussion uh, of the different ways that we could actually fix that. If you were in that situation, um, luckily uh, our, uh, our friend on Slack, uh, they fixed it. They put some glue in it. They uh, wicked some super glue into it. Put some foil on, and it's actually, you can't hardly notice it. It looks good. Yep. Yep. Uh, but it, 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 is, it is something that I've seen before, and I thought it was a common problem. So, um, John, what, what would you do to fix this one? Now, the only real thing you can do is to reinforce it from the backside. Prefer, if you can, with a piece of styrene because you're, you know, if you're gluing styrene to styrene, it's a good solid, should be a good solid joint if you really want to. Uh, make it more interesting. You can add in some piano wire or something like that, but uh, given where it is and where it was on this guy's build, eh, he was right. He didn't, he couldn't really do much, but I still, mm-hmm. oh well, it, it is what it is. There's mm-hmm. going to be interference with something or another, and well, yeah. Uh, so so you'd put you'd you'd what uh, glue it together with a little with a a backer? Is that uh... yeah with a backer? Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, what what glue would you use? Well, <laughs> my beautiful green cap Tamiya, of course. <laughs> oh, really? even, even though you have uh, paint already there? Yes, even though I have paint already there, because inside the joint, it's not going to. There's no paint on the inside where you broke it. Mm-hmm. So it'll give you. It will give you a good joint. Trust me. I've you know I've done silly little things like this before. I can't say it's ever broken apart like that, but. You can wick it in from the backside of a part to glue them together if you know what you're doing. So that's uh, my choice. Cool. Uh, Pat, how would you do it differently? I don't know that I would uh, do anything differently. Again, a very uh, a very small uh, piece of music wire, piano wire underneath. Um, hopefully it wouldn't interfere too much. And uh, yeah, I, I would, again, I'd probably... Yeah. I would maybe go to a super glue for that just to uh, be because we have metal and plastic trying to blend them together. But um, that was far too good of a paint job to throw in a box and just say, ah, be upset with. So, yeah, um, I, yeah, possibly a thin piece of styrene as well. But uh, I'd probably go John's method most um, first. Uh, and then I'd probably throw it against the wall, be really upset with myself. Oh, come on, that's Pat. I, I've done that in the past. I still, oh, uh, but um, that paint job, no, that was, um, that, wasn't, that wasn't to be wasted. So, um, yep, I, and he did nail it. He got it back to uh, to what it uh, should be. And, uh, uh, but yeah, I tried to glue it back together with uh, maybe some support underneath. Yeah, and that was the uh, part we discussed was uh, maybe putting the firewall in there to 
to add support to it while he was gluing yep. it back together. And I think he, he chose to uh, glue it himself. When I've done it, I'm, I'm a big music wire guy, which, uh, you know, is in my tools uh, on the desert island. So I'm expe- apparently I'm expecting to break something. Um, but <laughs> one of the things uh, I've done, I've, I've had damaged A-pillars. I've never had a cowl, but uh, the, the philosophy, I think, is the same. The problem with that is you don't have a lot of clear, clearance. So what I'll usually do is take a Dremel and very, very lightly cut uh, a relief line in the back of mm-hmm. the part itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a very small piece of music wire, which is incredibly strong and will resist um, the, the flexing that you're going to get as you assemble that kit. Um, you could put that in. And like Pat, I would use super glue. I would use gap-filling super glue. Um, I would like to say that I would love to be able to use accelerator with it but with the paint with already paint, there I wouldn't, I wouldn't tempt that <laughs> i wouldn't tempt that I, i'd love to do that like if if it was if honestly if i had an unpainted kit that i could do that too i would do that and use gap filling super glue with a um uh with an accelerator to make it as strong as possible um and the the music wire would reinforce that um, I might even, given the difficulties, the, pro- the problem with a super glue is if it does leak through, which is why I'd use a gap, gap filling to avoid it, but if it does leak through at all, you're going to end up with it contaminating the paint. Uh, what do you think about using like a five-minute uh, epoxy on it? Uh, gluing the edges, for example, of the music wire in, you know, tacking it in with a little bit of... Uh, uh, CA just to hold it from behind and then filling everything with a five minute epoxy. That way, if it does leak through, uh, you could take uh, the toothpick, which I always carry with me and use as kindling and uh, talk to on my desert island. I could actually use that to um, scrape off any of the excess paint there. Um, any any thoughts for you guys about uh, my sort of different approach to it? No, 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 no I'm just going sounds... to question how you would apply the, the accelerator. Uh, would I would you... use it. I, well, it depends. Uh, that's why I wouldn't use it because of the... Uh, no, but if you're, you're going to use the accelerator, you, you said you wanted to do that. You're not going to spray it on, right? I, if I was doing it to an unpainted kit, I'd spray it on. No, but with the painted kit. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of my challenge with it is I wouldn't want to use that at all. Uh, if okay, and well, if I was going to use anything, what I would do is drip it on. Yeah, you can drip it on or you can get yourself some of those nice little micro brushes because the, when I use super glue and I need to use accelerator, I always have one of those little micro brushes handy and I dip it in the accelerator and put it on either side of where the super glue is going to go, put the super glue in and it never goes past where the accelerator has been put. Yep. Uh, I've used those. The problem with the problem that I have with those is if you get a little too close, you've got little white fibers stuck in the super glue. Never had that happen. I've always had, now mind you, I've had super glue get stuck in the fibers and come off in the brush, but I've never stuck fibers onto the whatever I was gluing and had them stay there. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've had I'm that. I'm just doing I, it different, that's all. Yep. Uh, you're probably going, and that that's part of the concern I would have with using an accelerator, actually. on a, on a uh, Accelerator mm. is super, super thin. 
And oh, it, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it, uh, you know, if you put a drop on there that does not get wicked up by the CA, it could, you know, I'm assuming that I'm, I'm doing that with the body face down on a desk. I would be very, very concerned that that would leak and go down to the lowest part, which is your painted uh, finish. And that would affect your paint job. So that's, that's why I was kind of thinking about it and, and almost came up with this idea of um, not using the accelerator, but trying to come up with a softer glue just in case you do get any leakage. You could deal with it a lot easier than a super glue. Yeah, you can wipe five-minute epoxy off so long as it hasn't set. I, and even if it sets, you can uh, pop it off with a, with a toothpick. It, okay. It'll pop off. Never, I've never tried that, but... It yep. will peel off, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, and that was kind of why I was thinking about after the fact. You'd want, I think I'd still want a little bit of CA in there uh, just to hold things into position. But uh, I think you, you wouldn't be quite as worried about the strength if you had something else that could, that could set up if you tacked it into place and then, and then uh, glued it in. Uh, like anything, though, there's, you know, uh, probably 20 different approaches you could you could have to fixing that. And uh, I thought this was a good uh, discussion for the different ways we would all try to do it. Uh, you know, whether you use plastic, whether you fit the um, uh, supporting piece, the firewall in this case underneath it, whether you fit the glass if it was um, uh, a... Uh, you could tape the glass and, and fit the glass in if it was an A-pillar, and that will actually provide some strength while you're uh, working on your on your kit. Pop it out, clean up the glass, put it back in. There's different ways you could do that, but uh, some sort of support, I think, would give you the, the most flexibility in terms of how to completely finish that kit. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Pat, we're on to our recommendations. What have you got? Well, I keep buying books with the intent to read them, novels, whatnot, and I'm not doing it. So I've actually lowered myself to just quick reading for short stories or whatnot. I've gone back to sit, just reading Reader's Digest. I borrow my aunt's Reader's Digest uh, for, from her subscription. I, it's very important to keep reading people and um, – so I'm even doing that. Just uh, no recommendation in particular. Just try to keep reading somehow. Uh, it 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 makes your mind work better. So um, Reader's Digest, it, just for quick, you know, eight, nine page stories and things. Um, because I can't commit to a large novel right now. And yeah. I don't watch much TV, so it's... Uh, it has been a long time since I've even thought about Reader's Digest. Didn't realize they were still around. Uh, what still, kind of what kind of stories are in there, Joan or uh, Pat? Sorry, just any any kind of little. There, there's same as it hasn't changed in hundred years or however long Reader's Digest has been out. There's always been little um, little jokes and things here and there and short short stories. Um, you know they'll. Um, Interviews with politicians. You know, a slice of life um, type of things. And, um, yeah, it's it's the same as it's been forever, as as long as I can recall anyway. It's, it's at least something to read because, um, again, I don't want to watch much TV and I'm not modeling as much as I could be. So um, with my with all the distractions we have, just a little bit of light reading. Yeah, I've got a couple of business books. Uh, I usually read 
you know, somewhere in the region of 50 to 70 books a year. And uh, I, this this uh, last few months, uh, my my reading has really gone down. I've picked yeah, up yeah. some very, very light books. Actually, I'm rereading a few light books that I have. Uh, but uh, yeah, my, my reading has... My, my level of concentration, because I'm, I take books very seriously when I read them, um, and they're, yeah. they're very, you know, something light. So I'm, I'm actually quite interested in this for me. I'm a, I, I don't have a subscription. I haven't been anywhere that I've seen a Reader's Digest in a while, but uh, might not be, uh, you know, next time I'm in the grocery store, I might have to look a little harder for it. Uh, grocery store or um, a drug mart um, in their magazine section, I've seen them before. Uh, sometimes point of purchase near the caches. So, um, but yeah, just some light reading because again, concentration has gone way down for myself uh, being able to commit to a book uh, because when I when I pick up a book I like to read a lot and I get involved in the story and I just can't get involved right now so just doing some light reading and trying to enjoy the weather a little bit and uh, so read <laughs> are you much of a reader John? I used to read more when I was younger than now that I've gotten older. Well, I find it just, I used to, let me explain. I always used to read for 20 minutes to half an hour every night when I went to bed. The older I get, the harder that got. And well, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. sometime in the past year, just no, just forget it. Go to bed, turn off the light. That's it. (laughs) I'll sleep within minutes, so. Yeah, I've I've got into the habit of cuddling with the Wookiee at night. And uh, (laughs) that, that throws off any hope of trying to read. Oh yeah. Well, exactly. yes. And then I have the, that that darn cat. At times, he just decides he's got to come and demand attention, demand love. Oh yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not about you, John. It's about no, it's him. Not, uh, yeah. You don't say. If he happens yeah. to hear me get up after five in the morning, you know, go to the bathroom, then get back into bed, he's going to yep. be on my chest singing and knitting. And yep, you're uh, I want to sleep. You're, you're awake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I get the same. My old girl is still. Uh, Waking me up shortly after five, and it's like okay. So. All right, so so my story of going to bed because uh, usually I write a little bit in a journal. I try to do a, a few lines of gratitude every night and kind of a recap of what I've done. And uh, I usually write in pencil. And one of the things that Coco has figured out is that some pencil shavings, some cedars, smell better than others. Uh, and so if you've ever <laughs> tried to write with a 15 pound dog trying to bite your pencil uh my pencil has teeth marks in it uh but yeah she she loves it she she'll get distracted for you know i can sharpen a pencil and uh put that close the uh sharpener it's a closed sharpener put that there and let her sniff that for 10 minutes oh, and yeah. she's, okay All that's right. about the only way yeah. i get any peace and quiet at uh, is it like cat catnip for the wookie Oh, she's crazy on it. And uh, wow. cedar is okay. actually, uh, it makes her barf. We have some cedar trees outside and she likes to pick their berries that fall down and uh, then she barfs because it's poisonous for kids or for, for oh, animals. For kids. For kids. Yeah, for, well, she's for my kids, kid. Well. She's my kid. My, fur, kids. my furball yeah, kid. Exactly. But yeah, it, it is the strangest thing at night. Anyway, completely off topic. Um, <laughs> Reader's Digest. Look for it. Uh, John, yeah. welcome to September 2019. Yeah, I finally did it. I finally decided, oh, heck, let's get Disney Plus for the, the week-long free sample. Haven't regretted a minute of it yet. <laughs> the first thing I watched, of course, was The Mandalorian. Uh-huh. Wow. If this, if this is nice? The, yes. If this I is enjoyed the, the, that. 
if this is the way they go, they're going with the future of Star Wars. Yes, please. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Uh, they carry carry that on. I think the originality is uh, the first original series in a long time out of uh, out of the Star Wars franchise, and I think it's perhaps the best that Disney has done with with uh, the franchise since they bought it. Yeah, I would have to agree. As they say on the show, this is the way. <laughs> I have spoken. Yes, that too. <laughs> All right. Uh, so a late recommendation from John on that one. Uh, you won't uh, regret it. Believe me. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, Pat, you've seen it as well. Uh, what do you guys think about the music? Yep. Yeah, yeah I, I like it. It's perfect it, for what the show is, for what it is. Exactly. Yep. Agreed. Uh, I was a little off put when I first got it because it uh, is synthesizing music and I like I, I'm a musician I like a lot of synth music uh, but Star Wars has been traditionally uh, orchestral John Williams and uh, you know all of the inspired um, artists that have have made music that way and I found this a little off putting at first and then realized it was very Ennio Morricone, um, you know, spaghetti western style music, and really liked it. Um, Disney has yeah, okay. Disney has all of eight episodes. They have eight albums with all of the music from each episode on the album. Uh, so I, I'm lucky. I have uh, Apple uh, Music, which is unlimited music, and uh, those are actually on a great playlist. Uh, they're they're fun just to have on in the background while you're doing something else. Great modeling music if you ever need something. Mm-hmm. Uh, my choices. I've got two choices. Uh, one of them, because I happen to be watching it, and the other one, something that I think is actually useful for model car builders. Uh, the first thing that I've been watching is MasterChef Season 10, which is on Craving Canada, Fox in the U.S. Uh, Gordon Ramsay um, is a... I think everybody knows who he is. A bit of a uh, foul-mouthed um, chef. Uh, you, you love him or you hate him. Yeah, uh, he's actually quite enjoyable to see. Uh, he, in this one, is surprisingly good at coaching people how to be better. Um, mm-hmm. My wife and I, you know, we've enjoyed some of these types of shows, uh, Great Canadian Baking Show and things like that. Uh, they're light. They're not serious. I, I mean, serious things... I just, I can't watch those at the moment with everything that's going on in the world. Uh, I don't eat meat, and I've really enjoyed watching the show, figuring out who's going to be thrown off the, the cooking island next. So if you haven't seen it, uh, it's out there on reruns uh, and on uh, on demand. It's a really good um, way to kill a few hours. And, uh, you know, if you have a significant other that uh, is, is also into to something fun and more of a game show type of thing uh it might still be a, a way to go um so i recommend that uh with gordon ramsay if you watch master chef junior or with the kids you'll see how supportive and how how he's his a totally different character with the youngsters uh than he is with uh with the adults mm-hmm. you really see that there's there is a there is a man in there somewhere that isn't a foul-mouthed attention seeker. Yeah, I haven't watched any of the other seasons of MasterChef. This was the first yeah. one that I actually watched. And that's why it was kind of surprised me and kind of enjoyed it. He, you know, I never watched Gordon Ramsay when he first made the entrance because I just thought it was a little abrasive and that's not my kind of style. A little. 
Uh, he was a lot. I think understatement. He, yeah, uh, he's. I think he's. Well, I haven't really wa- gone back and watched what he used to be like, but his comments now seem to be much more moderated and a lot more supportive. So I, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this one. Uh, you know, there's a few moments in there. He's one of three chefs that are the judges. So it's uh, mm-hmm. not just him been, uh, you know, complaining about people cooking. He's, you know, he's showing them how to cook. He's giving them suggestions. And uh, it was it was certainly interesting. So if you haven't seen it, season 10, I don't know about the other seasons. I guess there's nine other ones, but uh, they, they weren't on Crave in Canada, so I couldn't see those. We've talked before about software, and uh, software is, uh, John's got his uh, dating site for short people. <laughs> I found uh, a program. So I, I use various programs for notes uh, taking. Uh, I'm all in on Apple, so for me, everything, everything in my ecosystem could be found on everything. But there's, I was looking at a, a new program that just came out called Rome Research, uh, Rome Research has just put out uh, this really neat mind mapping uh, connections process for research uh, purposes. So if you if you put notes in there, you can connect the different notes, and really, as you build up this database, um, you have this fantastic reference tool. Uh, I looked at the price; but it just came out of beta. It was super expensive, fifteen US a month uh, for for a notes app database and that was just crazy uh and i've been trying to leave evernote evernote really hasn't changed in the last 10 years it's kind of a little dated uh there's a program out there called notion and i'm not sure if you guys have ever heard of notion um it is uh, a note-taking tool you can do notes you can do all kinds of um attachments pictures references clips um, of, of text, uh, videos, you can upload them all. Uh, it is the perfect place for collecting reference material. So if, you're, if you have uh, ideas that you want to store somewhere, you know, pictures of cars, how are you organizing those? Uh, Notion allows you to put it on their database. And it's free. They have a personal um, version that is completely free. And I hadn't looked at it in a while, and I thought it was absolutely great if you're, you know, if, like uh, some of our conversations earlier, I've had that uh, Tamiya FW14B for years, and occasionally I will find uh, a little bit of reference material on it if I happen to look on the internet. Can I find it the next time I go looking for it? Is it a picture that I save? Is it, you know, how, how do I catalog all of that? Um, the old school way is you have folders for everything, but I, again, that is uh, time consuming and not easily accessed. If you had that and you could reference it and you could catalog it and you could move it around from reference to reference in a big container, that's what Notion is. So uh, anyway, I thought I'd throw it out there. It may be a little heavy for uh, some of the non-fun computer users, but uh, it's a really, really neat hmm. tool. They've got an app. It's available. Uh, they've got a native Mac app. They've got a Windows version. They have an Android, and they have uh, an iOS version. So I've got it on my phone, my uh, iPad, and also on uh, my uh, my computer here. And it, it all links together, uh, all in all in cloud. Really, really good. And for the price, 
I would take a look at it. It'll probably take you a couple of hours to play with. There's a few videos to watch. But certainly, um, I, I thought it was really cool. So uh, it's it's out there as a choice. Uh, do you guys? What do you guys use for note taking and cataloging things? Do you do you have a preferred way of doing it, or is it something that I do because I'm a little nuts? Uh, you're a little nuts. Fair enough. Yeah, and generally, I just you know I reference photos, and I don't think I've ever had anything where I had to work off of actual printed notes. If you get what I mean, it's you know. Know what the photo looks like. Okay, I need to do this. I need to do that. Get that done. Move on to the next thing that I need to do to it. Yeah, I was thinking more like uh, you know uh, colors. You you find somewhere that tells you what all the colors were, and then you've got to bookmark it, and then you got to remember where it was and find that bookmark again. Yeah, I can, I can see I can see the use of it. Just quick, quick and I, easy. Put all that in. Anyway, uh, just because I'm on the computer all the time, absolutely yep. great for some of the research projects that I'm doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For for multi platform, so you're, uh, yeah, you're always hooked up somehow, and that's. Uh, I'm not a software freak, so uh, I'll I'll look at it though and see how it. Uh, maybe it could uh, it could help me. I probably could. Uh, it has, you know, if you're if you're a real uh, weirdo like me, it has built-in to-do lists and uh, habit tracking and uh, goal setting, and um, it's basically Kanban boards inside of it, and uh, probably more than most model car builders would ever need. But um, it, it's uh, it's a new tool in my arsenal of uh, of products that I use. Cool, mm-hmm. but you are weird. This is true. I, I, if there's a different way to do it, I've got, I've got the West Coast way. All right, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of shout-outs uh, today. Uh, Chris Martin, you guys mentioned you got uh, packages from Chris. I got a really nice package from Chris, and I wanted to thank him. Um, I, I'm assuming that you probably got the same, a similar package. Um, he was kind enough to take our logo uh, and uh, make this wonderful uh, display of it. Uh, our, we have a couple of logos. Uh, a little while ago, Ryan created uh, a wonderful version of uh, our Sprue logo, and Chris Martin uh, printed this out somehow. I think he's got a, a vinyl cutter or something, yeah. uh, and uh, uh, put it onto a plaque for me that's, that's on, my, on my workbench, and I wanted to say thanks I'm assuming you guys got something similar to that. Yep, exactly the same. Yeah, mine came literally. I I was just making a sandwich before we went, uh, before we started recording this, and it got delivered on a Sunday. It got delivered literally before we went on uh, for recording today. So haven't even opened it, but that's what he was sending me, along with a couple of uh, cans of paint that. Uh, he had picked up uh, a while ago for me. So uh, thanks for the uh, for the art, Chris. And uh, sorry for the hung- spoiler, Pat. Yeah, no, no. I knew what it, I knew it was coming. He told me it was coming. And uh, okay, but, cool. Um, I will uh, photograph it and have it in the show notes, uh, and uh, you can take a look at Chris's uh, handiwork. Yeah, really, really nice, and and so kind of him to do that for us as well. So uh, definitely, definitely. Uh, Chris. Chris is on our Slack channel. Uh, he's just a really good guy, um, and I enjoy having him as part of our community, a uh, friend of our show. So thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Uh, also, wanted to give Wayne Peters a uh, shout-out. He sent a little bit of feedback on episode 41, which is really for Pat. Uh, so he says, uh, good day from down under. So I'm guessing he's Australian. 
Uh, absolutely love the podcast. Listen regularly via Pocket Cast, which I think is uh, an Iowa, uh, an Android app. Is that correct? That I don't know. Uh, I think that's what uh, other listeners do, Pocket Cast. Uh, and Pat, he says, yes, he does check out some of the links in the show notes. Now, yeah, because I, I believe I made an underhanded comment about, yeah, check out the, the links if you feel like it or something. Or I don't remember exactly what I said, but yeah, apparently people do check out the links. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that means for me, I still have to spend an hour a week uh, co- converting all the show notes into HTML links and putting them up there. Uh, I was hoping that oh. I could, if nobody listened to it uh, or looked at them, I could just ignore them and uh, not gonna, do that. Got to junk it, yeah, yeah. Ah, well, Wayne, just for you, my friend. Thank you very much for the feedback. Uh, Pat? Yeah, I just um, didn't want to bring the show down early, but uh, we lost a uh, a friend, a fellow modeler, uh, earlier this week. Um, uh, it went by the nickname of Rockin'. But uh, Rock and Rick Hanna, uh, we lost Rick a um, couple of days ago as as the recording of this. Uh, good guy from the Chicago area. Uh, he came to uh, the Toledo shows, the Detroit shows, just all around. Really swell guy, and uh, he has passed. Um, and uh, just it's the world's gonna be a little just a little different without him. Uh, just one of those solid guys. He and. Uh, Joel Peters were like brothers from different mothers. And um, Joel gave me the bad news the other day. But um, I'll see Joel hopefully uh, at a show in the near future. Uh, but uh, peace out to uh, to Rock and Rick Hanna. We, you will be loved and remembered, sir. Uh, very nice. Uh, I didn't know Rick personally. Uh, John, do you know him at all? No. Nope. No idea. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, just, uh, it's just, you uh, know, it's one of the unfortunate things. Our uh, hobby is getting a little older, a little grayer, and, you know, um, we, we've we've lost some fantastic modelers. Rick been among we, them. We, we certainly have, and it's just kind of like Rick was close, I say close enough to me that, you know, it'd be no problem with uh, when I'd see him, it'd be a shake of the hand or one of those man hugs. It's, you know, how are you? You know, we'd catch up a couple, a few times a year. You know, on Facebook, we would you know, be in contact. But uh, in person, just like I said, all-around swell guy, and uh, he certainly will be missed. Yeah. That's, uh, well, Rick uh, and uh, his family, um, you know, sorry to hear. Mm-hmm. All right. Just uh, a quick reminder to try and change the subject back to something a little more positive. Yes. Uh, birth year build, which again, some of those years are getting gone a little bit. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook and Slack. We have channels on both uh, for the birth year build. Build a model kit of the year that you were born, from the year that you were born. So if uh, you were born in 1920, you gotta you got to get into a, an old Model T. Uh, if you're born a little bit newer, you got a little bit more choices. But something that was from the year you were born, uh, the deadline for that is the end of November this year. And seeing as we're all perhaps still in lockdown or maybe we're all going crazy and been out there running around, uh, lots of time to build. Uh, and I still haven't finished mine. No, no, I'm, uh, I've am i barely started mine. So uh, that's something that uh, once I get a couple of current projects out of the way, it's uh, bear down on that one. Uh, you can find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash model car podcast. 
Uh, you can probably search us on there and find us. We have a page that is uh, our static page for the uh, podcast, and we also have a group. So if you want to make sure you're looking for the group section, uh, there is a very, very hard test to join. You have to tell us one of the three names of the hosts, any one of us. Uh, and if you don't pick me, well, I don't like you very much. So uh, please pick me. I need some, I need some love. Uh, nobody loves me. Uh, you can also join us on Slack. Uh, send an email to modelcarpodcast at gmail.com. That'll come to me and I'll send you an invitation. I had somebody actually asking what Slack was a little bit this uh, time. So uh, I, I thought I'd give you just a, a quick uh, uh, intro to what Slack is. Slack is uh, basically it's an online uh, chat board. You don't necessarily need to uh, download anything to your computer. There are applications that it does have, but you can access it through a website just like you would uh, Model Cars Magazine Chat, Scale Auto Chat, or uh, any of the local hobby boards. Uh, you do have to be invited to it, so it is not open to everybody, which means what you say in Slack stays in Slack, and so, unless we talk about it on the podcast, of course. Um, and it's a really, really good group of people. Uh, some of the names you'll quite often hear are in our Slack groups. There's uh, uh, channels for posting your build progress. There's a channel for your contest build. There's off-topic channels uh, about Canada and uh, uh, my conspiracy theories about uh, the world of technology. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and just a fun place to hang out. Uh, be yourself. Um, things are in sequential order when you post something and somebody replies it comes next and you can find it that way so unlike a lot of the social medias where you see something three or four days later or you don't see it at all you can actually see what's happening in in slack in in the people posting and that's one of the really big advantages to it uh, so if you are interested uh, again it's free to join no obligation. You don't have to come every day. You can come once a day. You can come all the time. You can come check in with us once a month. Send us an email, modelcarpodcast.gmail.com. I'm happy to send you a personal invitation. See if you want to come in, check it out, and see if it's for you. Pat! It's where, it's, it's where all the cool kids hang out, right? Well, I like to think so, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I have so many um, Slack groups that I'm part of. Um, that uh, I, I live in that thing, you know, so much. You can't, you can't keep the cool kids uh, sorted the way that uh, you're with enough groups. So, um. Yeah, well, I, I can, but it's just, uh, you know, I've got to be careful that I don't uh, deep dive into it too much. Uh, my The companies that I work for are all on Slack as well. So it's a oh. business tool that I'm also, while I'm in there for business, I can also talk model cars. And that's kind of a fun thing to do as well. Gotcha. Where can people find you, Pat? Hey, patredmond.ca. Did you update that? No, I didn't update it yet. Okay, because well, we talked about it a couple of times. Yeah, he said, yeah, he, said he was going to do it last time. Uh, well, that's Shh. why I'm teasing him. Thanks, thanks, John. Thanks, oh, John. Thank you're most welcome. Mm. It could, it, could it get updated by the time the uh, the podcast comes out? Of, Who of knows? course. Who knows? Of course. Oh, no. I, I would not bet a Mustang GT4 on that, though. Ooh. I said I would not. Ah, okay. Uh, John, where can people find you? At johndesign.com. 
And I'm at justintwyford.com. You can also find all of us at modelcar.show. Yes, that is our website, even though it may not sound like one. Uh, Facebook, uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Search for Model Car Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for our patron producers for this episode. Uh, that includes Chris Martin, the wonderful Pat Redmond, Alex Thomas, Mickey Gerace, Scale Finishes, Classic Truck Modeler Magazine, and Ryan Voyer. Uh, I appreciate your guys' time, and if you're still listening to us, thank you for listening. <laughs> uh, Pat, thank you for joining us again. Awesome. Thanks, uh, thanks again. It's been fun again. And John. Say goodbye. Goodbye, John. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that one meowing. <laughs>